0: When that gut eats your cells, you know it's it's letting out its ex- excrement, which typically is in the form of gas, and that's that's the process of putrefaction. So if that gas is inside you, like like a blimp, you know you're going to start inflating until you can't. If you've ever seen a dead animal carcass on the side of the road, that's all like just uh, just bloated. That's more or less going to occur in people until they pop. <laughs> Nathan's fucking face.
1: You're listening
2: to the Art and War podcast with your host Mitch and Nathan. Mitch is a former Airborne Infantry squad leader who now spends most of his time coaching soccer. Nathan is a professional illustrator and an avid shooter with a couple of years of
0: Canadian military
2: experience. Together, they run the Seaburn art page. Enjoy the show. You, you, you fucked us, BR.
1: What? <laughs>
2: no, 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 shut up.
1: Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm BR. I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan. Hello. And today we are covering something a little out of our ordinary space, but we're talking to... Uh, a fellow shooter who has an interesting day job and one that you're all going to come into contact with at some point in your life.
0: It's a night It's a night job, too. <laughs> I don't want to go home.
1: Oh, fuck. Yeah, so, um, completely anonymously, we are joined by Stiffy, the <laughs> maybe a mortician. I, you want to give your... Uh, <laughs> your not a legal, Yeah, legally not a mortician. You want to give your... Oh, feel yeah. like
0: that? Hi there. Uh, how do I put this bluntly? <laughs> This is a fucked industry, and a lot of what I'm going to say tonight, uh, completely openly and truthfully, uh, but also not if any lawyers are listening. Um,
2: it's all sad. I don't want to get we sued. Are, Honestly,
0: just... that's, that's pretty much what it comes down to.
2: Everything from this point onwards, we are doing a satirical play. Yeah. And we, are, <laughs> we have our scripts in front of us, and everything we say today is a par- part of this play that we'll be doing live at the, uh, the Toronto Opera Theatre House in uh, July.
0: Oh yeah, it's all a, it's all a joke. Uh, but in actuality, uh, I am I am a licensed funeral director. I've been doing this for a very fucking long time, uh, longer than most people care to stay in this industry. A lot of people that hit the hour mark, I do. Uh, they're either blowing their brains out or they're retiring. On, well, it's not like we get pensions. Um, and that's that's something I'll get into a bit later. But um, yeah. No, this is this is a tough industry. The people that stick with it generally are the ones that have been put through the. I guess you could say the, uh, fuck, what are those called? The mesh. They drain through it. Uh, why is that? Why am I brain farting right now?
1: <laughs> strainer? Yeah. The <laughs> mesh that you push things yeah. through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the strainer. They, they're put through the fucking strainer. And the ones that come out on top, usually the best you'll find after all that time. Um. Uh, that being said, I, I'm not one of them. Um, I'm terrible at this. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know where the fuck do you want to start.
2: How much does a mortician earn in a year?
0: It fucking varies. Uh, it varies by um, country. I just to
2: make an earn joke. You don't have to yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh, earn. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, like a Paul bearer. Like, that was my favorite wrestler done. too. Yeah. I-, I had <laughs> to spell <laughs> it out, which means Undertaker. the joke didn't land. Um, there's a lot of money to be made in this industry. You don't got to look far for it. A lot of it's uh, a lot of it's earned. A lot of it's not. We can get into that too.
1: Well, I guess uh I guess the best place to start is uh what made you decide to become a mortician?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna make up a backstory now because my, oh, my okay. real one's a little oh, too um answer honestly. Um I I grew up in this industry. Oh, okay. I, like I said, I've been doing this a very long time. Um if if someone's looking to get into this industry, honestly the best point to start would be having someone either close to your family or a very close friend already being in it. Uh, it's it's very cliquey for large funeral establishments so you're you're starting from the the fucking like the dirt pun intended um if you're starting from the very bottom going through the schooling to get up to work at like large funeral establishments um doing doing your commissioned work it, it's a slog man they this industry is very how do I put this? They love putting interns into like meat grinders. So if you're starting new, you're going to be making jack shit. You're going to be up doing all the crap the big shot funeral directors don't want to do in the middle of the night. You're going to be doing the body transfers at 3 a.m. You're going to be dealing with the old ladies melted into the carpet and their apartments uh, for two weeks. You know, you're, you're basically just the slave labor. They, they do pay you, but it's it's not fucking much. Uh, if you make it through all that, you get fully licensed, even at that you know, if you're trying to make a big at a family run funeral home, you do good work. I'm sure they'd um, respect you a lot. But starting getting near the top of that, you know, you're aiming to be, you know, the, the top funeral director in an establishment like that. Your really only option is to go corporate.
1: And you were you were saying before the show, corporate get is where things get pretty fucky in this business, right?
0: It's where the money is. Yeah. You know, if you wanna if you wanna abandon all morals, And say, I'm going to be the guy that convinces um, a very poor family to go in a shit ton of debt uh, to give their whoever doesn't even need to be like their very close family member doesn't need to be their father. It could be their like their extended cousin. You know, you love this person, didn't you? You want to this is your last chance to give them that final send off they deserve. And that casket in the corner there, the one that start the colorways that started a fifteen thousand dollars. I can already see their name on it. That's what they would have wanted. And you know what? They didn't they didn't tell you any different, did they?
1: Oh, see, man. with with that smooth radio voice, I can you could have gone far if you were
0: if you oh, were dude, I, Yeah, no, I probably would have <laughs> blown my brains out by now if I did that. But um I I I like sleeping at night, despite what I said earlier about uh being a night and day job. Um hours suck, but I, I do like doing it. It it is. Let me let me let me bridge this into this. This is a thankless fucking job. You know, you you get the odd family that that's very appreciative for what you've done because day in and day out you're more often than not dealing with people on the worst day of their fucking lives. Yeah, they just lost someone very close to them. They're you know, shock still setting them because you you know the funeral arrangements are the second thing they do. First thing they do is maybe attend the scene for the cops and fucking ID the body. So now they're meeting with me, a guy they. Saw, a, I don't know, the internet business card, and you start hearing a lot of things you know that probably no one else has fucking heard. They're telling you about their their family situations, um, you know what you know, the real big reason why they didn't like them that one comes up too because not everyone is uh, sad that they lost somebody, um, and it, usually you're you're one of the only guys that end up hearing that. Because they're still putting on the funeral and they still got to put on that face for the rest of their family. But if they really didn't fucking like someone for whatever reason they had, uh, a lot of it, a lot of it sometimes very legitimate. Um, You know, and this, this is just the shit you're dealing with, you know,
2: really puts the fun in funeral.
0: I I tried tried to buy that fucking domain.
2: (laughs) 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 Actually. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would go
1: to that service, but um, damn, I, where where do we begin to crack open this topic, I guess? It,
0: it, it's a hard one to crack, but once you're in it, I find it it flows pretty well. Um, curiosity usually comes out, you know, oh, you want, want me to talk for a moment? I'll tell you where the fuck funerals came from. Uh, that one, I got a big note right here, specifically embalming. Enough. Let me tell you about the average cookie cutter funeral that most funeral homes are going uh, to put onto you. I blame two things or rather I blame one thing, but I'm going to get into the other one after I blame the fucking Italians. And I can say that cause <laughs> you know, I, I might know an Italian that is me. And well, we,
2: we all hate Italians at the, uh, the art and war podcast. Oh,
0: That's oh, a policy.
2: Yeah. Gonna,
0: oh, I gotta sip this. Old on. Bastards. <laughs> the Italian way of funeral. And this is, this is a fun bridge as well. The, I often made the joke that because so many funeral homes are prevalently Italian families you'll you'll really? see that i, I don't you got to check your your local state i guess but um you you will find disproportionate amount of italian funeral homes at least the old school ones going all the way back to you know the i'd say that the 50s onward and that is that a lot of them had mob connections if you want to get rid of a body you know it's, it's good being the place that's already taken care of that and joke i like to make is the the funeral directors at least the italian ones are one that made a legal living out of putting bodies in trunks <laughs> but they're they're the primary one i blame because their cookie cutter funeral you know they they often push the you know the whole like church service religious aspect onto people that are, generally don't practice or you know don't don't feel like it's something they need um because i think think of your average funeral the, the big one you see you know the that one or two days of visitation in the casket family coming in they're mourning, morning uh, a lot of a lot of real tears a lot of fake tears a lot of them playing up for each other it's oh it's fine i see it all uh, after that, you know, they all get in their car and they drive to this, uh, the, the church because they, they held the, uh, usually they held the, the full thing at the funeral home. Now it's the church service. Now the priest gets his cut of the money. So he does this whole church service at out of that funeral director's smoking a dart in the parking lot because the, the priest has taken over the whole fucking thing. Uh, body goes into the trunk of the hearse onto the cemetery, onto that expensive real estate they bought there that you can't build on. You can only dig into all by the the gravesite lower the casket down flowers tears end of the day foot the bill well, you know not counting the reception afterwards they'll dry to the eat the most expensive finger sandwiches you've ever seen uh, for four hours while well, people share uh they, they could have done it at somebody's fucking house funeral homes and those rooms that they rent to you by square foot I swear it's some of the most expensive rentals you'll ever make those, those little sandwiches, you may as well put like a, you may as well be eating like toonies and fucking loonies every time you eat like a little square of that fucking thing. If you didn't know it was Canadian by now, that, that probably just came out. Um, <laughs> insane. And by the end of it, the family's foot in the bill and like, like weddings, you know, it's, it's nice if you shoot the family some money, you know, especially if you can basically like taste the gold dust in the fucking air out of some of these places. Average funeral like that, yeah, you're, you're not getting away with that for less than 30 Gs. And they're pushing that onto people that aren't fucking able to pay for that. A common misconception, if you see a massive funeral, you know, you might you might think those people are fucking loaded. A lot of them aren't. They're going to the bank to take out a loan for 30 to 60 grand. They're going to pay that off the rest of their fucking life.
2: Yeah. That is really, really sad. I've I've heard a lot about how, you, you know, uh, are you familiar with like the Luxottica? The, the, the glasses monopoly.
0: Uh, no, I don't know shit about glasses, man.
2: Oh, yeah. No, it, it's just like one example that a lot of people know about. I've heard similar with the, the funeral industry. There, there's a couple industries that are basically like oligopolies run by one or two major corporations that uh, kind of set the prices and the business practices on everything to squeeze as much money out of the consumer as possible. And it is, especially in funeral cases i think incredibly unethical how it's done
0: oh 100 and it's an industry that won't go away and i swear to god if i hear that one more time i'm gonna blow my fucking brains out. uh there's there's, there's a lot of thing that uh, i call them like the the boomer quotes that they just always hand to you like oh you know it's an industry that's uh you know people are always gonna keep dying they're never going away and i i, I hear that every fucking day <laughs> if you know a funeral director don't tell that to them they've heard it um but they're being nice it's you know they're just sharing their uh God, I hate boomers. Anyway, uh,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, there's less of them by the day, which is nice. I mean, <laughs> y- you see that
0: firsthand. I'm, I'm in an industry that's getting rid of them, so if you hate them too, that's uh, <laughs> oh, money, huh? But uh, on to the next part of that. No, it, it's mega monopolies in this industry. Uh, a lot of small town funeral homes that you you might think it's family run. You might think it's it might have been at some point. I guarantee it was. They're often just getting bought out by these corporations and. I can't blame a lot of the families only because this is an industry where it's tough to keep it in the family because depending on how many kids you had, they might not want to take it over. I don't blame some of them. You can't force someone into this industry and that's what I get into earlier about uh, how many years you spent in this and how long you can uh, put up with it.
1: It's pretty, pretty hard on people to oh, yeah. <laughs> do it's pretty, it as a career. It's
0: back. Again, you're, you're dealing with people on the worst day of their life and if you do that day in, day out for... 10 years, 20 years, it takes a toll on you. You might not think it does, but, you know, firemen, they see a lot of shit. Police officers, they see a lot of shit. Yeah, military too. But, you know, they they retire on their, they have a lot of support, especially EMTs. They get their pensions for uh, PTSD. They get, you know, they do it long enough. They they get their payouts. Funeral directors don't have any support like that, at least not where I am in, uh, up here in Canada. There's no formal union, which I, I don't really care because no one's telling me how to do my job. I'll, I'll, I'll get into that actually um, later. When you're, when you're retired, you don't got shit. And the regulator, at least in Canada here, their main job is to, they say it's consumer protection. In reality, what their main job is to, they need to track down and keep a tab on funeral directors. And when they're no longer capable of doing their job in what they deem a, um, a correct manner, in a lot of cases they're losing their license. So if a funeral director is going crazy into like drug abuse, he's drinking his fucking guts out. Uh, you know, he's he's haunted by the things he's seen. There's no support for him. If if you are seeking help, they're going to be like, "Oh shit. This guy can't do this. Get him out of here." Mm-hmm. So there is a major incentive for most funeral directors to just shut the fuck up about what they're going through. You know, they they can take it out on their families, and a lot of cops do, but um, once they're deemed incapable of doing that job, at least on the surface level, then they're going to be like, no, you're, you're bad for business. You're bad for the industry. Get out of here. Go, go seek support on your own time. If we deem you able to come back, then maybe you can come back maybe down the line. But I, and I, I wish there would be some form of support in that regard. How is that going to be implemented? I don't know. They, they take enough money from us as is, you think we'd get some of that back and at least uh, yeah
2: well, in, in terms of PTSD support in Canada for even the people that you'd expect, they just kind of mail you a syringe full of uh, poison. And uh, <laughs> Oh, it's oh, not yeah. always
0: the best one. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're in the government to get on that one. Uh, oh, man. You want to talk about MADE?
2: Yeah. Oh, sure. Yes. Oh, I got the <laughs> yes. inside scoop I'll on this it.
0: shit. Wait, wait. Oh, what, really? is, what is MADE for us non Canucks?
2: Oh. Oh.
1: Yes,
2: it's a bas- basically uh, their fun little euthanization program.
0: Oh, yeah early for they, they started implementing it i think it was back in i think it was 2016 now that, that was the most base level implementation of it and let me tell you i liked it not because <laughs> it was putting people in you know my pockets there but because i have seen more often than not people just wasting away with horrible fucking illnesses cancers and their only option is to sit in a fucking hospital bed take all the morphine until their fucking uh, veins collapse and then they're just a uh, painful dying. The original tagline of it was dying with dignity. It's something I ultimately supported just because, you know, until you go through it and you know that is an option or rather, you know, that it wasn't an option given to you. I think it changes a lot of people's perspectives. However, the red tape surrounding it was you needed two licensed physicians to agree that you were going to die imminently anyway. If two of them didn't agree on that, then it got fucking uh, delayed. So once he got the two that agreed on it sick, I'm going to sign this document that says, yes, I wish to go through with this procedure. Now starts the waiting period. It's two weeks. Not everyone makes it two weeks. Once uh, once they get to the end of that period there, if you cannot provide your written consent at that end of the waiting period that says you still wish to go through with this, they won't do it. If someone has gone beyond that ability to provide a legal signature at that point, they don't do the procedure. They get to suffer and, and die the way they were going to anyway. And that was that was the old way of doing it, and that uh, I saw fuck a lot of people over, and it sucked. Yeah. The new way, they eliminated the waiting period. It's it's way fucking down now, and this this was a, as last year I think they implemented the new way of doing it. There's only specific doctors that would do it. Even back in 2016, there was major contention from the physicians because they you know more or less said like you know this goes against the Hippocratic Oath. Uh, we we can do no harm to end. Uh, quote suffering is is beyond our medical expertise. So really? all the doctors that said they would do it said, "Okay, well I'll do it." And <laughs> so that, that kind of made the pool a bit smaller on terms of uh, scheduling because only certain doctors would do it. And still to this day, not every doctor has to agree to minister that. It's only the ones that want to. Yeah, uh, for the It extends best. into the you know the mental health shit uh, uh, too, which yeah. I I'm I'm an idiot. I don't like to give my opinions on a lot of this shit. I personally think if someone wants to make a personal decision, that's up to them. I'm, I'm pretty cross the board uh, and an agreement over that. Um, yeah. I do think that our mental support system fucking sucks. I think it sucks in a lot of places. I don't know how they do it better, so don't ask me to make it better. Um, the interesting thing about MAID, at least it comes in with the death certificates, and this has been stable throughout all this time. The medical certificate of death is the one the doctor signs, and it basically makes you legally dead. If you've already died until that certificate's signed, you're not legally dead. But once that is signed, they, they list the cause of passing. That could be anything from a heart attack to, you know, you're a smoker for 60 years. They'll, they'll write that too. Underlying causes, smoking, drinking. Um, everything done down to uh, gunshot. Now, for MAID, they write what you would have died of. They don't write that they administered uh, artificial, I guess you could say artificial dying. Uh, they write what they would have died of. So if you had stage four cancer and you got made administered, they just write down that you know you died of stage four cancer and then they write the specific uh, kind that, that got you in that regard. On no death certificate will you find any reference to the fact you undergone this procedure. Why do they do that? I don't really know. I, I personally think it's the doctors just trying to, it's their final swoop to say, well, we we didn't administer it because so we don't want to be uh, uh, considered uh, liable, liable yeah. in, in that regard. So I I always thought that was interesting.
1: On the note of the of them not listing the cause of death as yep. medically assisted, do they do they track how many have been you know
0: like medically assisted? And internally, probably. I don't have access to those records. No, um, those there's, there's no like the public medical, medical records tracking. probably know who got it. In terms of at the government scale. Uh, The the deaths get registered and they go to the ministry uh, through those documents. They'd have to cross reference because it it makes no reference on the paperwork I file.
1: So there's no like because we're no friends of the government here, but the CDC (sighs) seems to be relatively their numbers are assuredly fucked. But but the CDC seems to give us like a wide amount of numbers for all sorts of you know like medical statistics in this country. Is there anything like that in Canada at all?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, we, we have uh, like Health Canada and they, they do release stats on everything like that. So I, I haven't like, looked into the exact oh, amount. Yeah. I'm sure it is publicly available in terms of uh, broad estimates. Um, it, it gets wacky in that. I, I've seen a lot of death certificates where I know they they died of assisted dying because the, the family tells me. I'm the funeral director. I know. Yeah. If they had COVID at that time, they listed as a COVID death. So I'll do with that information, what you will.
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's an odd thing because it is like a very influential, not to get too often to the stakes political, but it is a very influential thing in society. How like that kind of stuff is tracked, how it's reported. But just just an interesting thought when as that came up, because there has been kind of we've been increasingly talking about medically assisted dying on this show and the various.
0: I, I've heard a couple previous episodes. It's it's not popular with everyone. It's not popular how they push it either. Either uh, yes, I I didn't like that that stupid commercial that came out, man. That, uh... that was a
2: commercial. I haven't seen the commercial, but oh, that yeah. that is dystopian as hell.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: I. Oh my god! I, I did not know there was a. I hate that. I. Hate oh yeah. It. No, it was, it
0: was some fucking private company in Canada listed it. It wasn't um, sponsored, at least by the government of Canada. I don't believe, but it, I don't know. Go go Google it. Made yeah. commercial. It'll probably come up. Some oh, chick, I think it was a clothing company. Actually, that's uh, oh, that was weird.
2: That is very fucking weird. Yeah, in, in terms of in principle, I, I mean, I would support. I would support anyone's uh, right to, especially if they are suffering, terminate their own life. But as with all government initiatives, it seems to that these uh, these things are always taken to the worst possible definition. That you know, I mean, I I love the federal government. They're great. They're wonderful. They'll they'll never fuck <laughs> up or make things as as terrible and dystopic as. A otherwise you know a, a system that that is made with people's the road to hell is paved with good intentions i, I think i'm probably
1: oh, so. yeah. Well, yeah because like i i 100 believe in having the option to end your life with yeah. dignity personally Especially I, I, you know, it's, 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 it's your life but it's just the way that it's now being like given out honestly it, i think likely. it's kind of
0: this this kind of turned into the like the suicide booths from futurama genuinely yeah. dude yeah, i remember when 2008 rolled around and i was thinking like damn these things still aren't out yeah. <laughs>
1: because
0: here there. here we are <laughs> in 2022
2: and you know you you call you're you're a, a veteran with you know bad knees who calls and says hey you know i i'd like help you know putting a ramp in, up to my apartment they just offer you suicide Uh, (laughs) has has that happened yes actually
1: jesus christ because i've seen it you mentioned like a really bad mental health care system or solution there or just an ineffective one whatever you said not to put words in your mouth but um i've i've seen it and i was wondering if it's like actually a common thing or because i i don't know but um i've heard that it's been prescribed for like mental health issues like you have severe depression they're like how about medically assisted death i don't know if that's something that's common but it seems pretty irresponsible
2: it's making it here yes there, there's been a couple of uh namely uh veterans with ptsd who have mm. blown the whistle on that and a couple of them actually managed to get it in recording i don't really know how much has happened uh civilian side and you know what we see is a small snapshot of what's going on. Obviously, the internet outrage machine.
1: Is yeah, going that's, that's, out. I want to get like a bit more, because I, I know we've talked about it a few times on the show, but it is like a pretty yeah. serious, like, I want to kind of gauge, you know, is this a real well, thing at, least, is it like at least, at least from point? what I've
0: heard, um, at least with uh, like our, our version of veteran affairs, uh, those, those guys shilling it on the line there. I think they were, uh, told not to do that. And they just kept doing it. So I don't fucking know what though. Yeah.
2: Fuck there, there's um, another case every couple, couple of yeah, weeks. It, it keeps thing. happening though.
0: So yeah. say that you will in terms of the medical industry. Oh yeah. They're pushing it big time. Uh, if, if it's an expensive procedure years and years ago, if you were like 70 and you needed like some major surgery and they're just going to be like, well, you know, the, the risks kind of outweigh the benefits here, you know, you oh, know James, you because recover. it's a financial we're, burden to do the surgery. Nowadays, they're like, well, you have a third option. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, all right. Balance is that one. I'll be very honest with you. And this is a bit of a hot take. The way that the elderly (laughs) treated, and and this isn't just our society, you know, it it extends to um, even parts of Europe as well, um, who've kind of got away from the multi-generational households. The way we shove just old folks into retirement homes there, uh, an extension of that, like full-on nursing facilities where they are – this isn't a new thing, but it, it's definitely um, the COVID years brought it out more when the military started moving into uh, retirement homes in uh, Canada here because they, they had staff shortages uh, for nurses to look after um, the elderly. That's when all the abuse started coming out because for, for the longest time, when all these old, old people were more or less, you know, telling other nurses that like, you know, they're, they're mistreating me here. Um, I'm not getting, you know, what I asked for. You know, they're, they're hitting me. They're beating me. Fell on deaf ears. As soon as, uh, you know. Private fucking uh, uh, reservist comes in and he starts hearing that shit. It's going to raise some bells in a lot of cases. It did, and a lot of the abuse started coming out there. Hmm. If we're just keeping people until who have been abandoned by their family, and so till they just rot away in these facilities from like dementia and all all these fucking things, I don't I don't see that any better than just fucking killing them. I don't see it as any more fucking <laughs> humane.
1: No, no. I mean, like it it's not really dignified a lot of the time. Oh. And i
0: I say that because I, I've gone into these fucking facilities when people have died. and you know I when, when you walk into a nursing home to pick somebody up, there ain't no back door in these rooms. You're going through general assembly. You're going up the hall with your stretcher. you're loading the person onto the stretcher there. you're covering them up with your uh, uh, your zip tarp. and you're wheeling them down the hall for all the residents to see. And you know there you know there, there goes Deborah, there goes Donna, there's there's another one. And I have seen fucking, I've heard people look at me right in the fucking eye as I'm going by as they plead for me to take them instead oh, and I'm fuck. just thinking like oh shit like
2: fuck oh man any any
0: fucking funeral directors in the audience that has seen that as well i i don't know i know i know you have
2: god dude i am so sorry
0: yeah i mean I'm okay. Like, like I said, I've been doing this long enough. Where I'm still doing this—that's what it comes down to. Because you got to joke about this shit. You know, you don't, you don't make, you don't crack these these sick jokes in front of families that have just lost somebody. You know, there's a bit of humor in it, and you know, because you got you got to be able to laugh, or you go fucking nuts.
1: Well, dude, that's um, that's every profession that deals with like this very serious, you know, oh, yeah. issue of of death. Like every every single like EMTs, soldiers, you know, like you say in firemen. A lot, a lot of those people who've seen some awful shit. You, you have forgot, I forgot to mention it.
0: postal workers too. Those guys get put through <laughs> the fucking hell. Yeah, Really? Oh yeah. Hell or but high me. water, dude. Rain, or, rain, sleet, or shine, that fucking Amazon butt plug's getting to you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I,
1: I, I was like, how many dead bodies do fucking posties see?
0: <laughs> how many pit bulls are there? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. <laughs>
1: no it's uh it, it is like I, th- I think for a lot of people who don't who have the you know the, the luxury of not dealing with death on a daily basis in their job like we've, we've been very society's become pretty shut off to it like we don't see a lot everything's very sterile for most of us until yeah. it happens to us and if you're seeing it day, day in and day out and I,
0: you, you have to relate to it in a different way. And I work very close, closely with these people, like f- f- um, police officers, EMT. Yep. You know, e- EMT. They're just, they're, they're distraught. They just lost a, like one of their patients. You know, they. If, if he's a new guy in the job, he just lost his first fucking patient. He's, he's already in tears. And then you got the cops too, who have to stay on scene until we arrive. They, they sometimes don't. I don't know. Cops are hit and miss with me. Some of them go above and beyond. I don't know if it comes down to they're just fucking disgruntled or what, but a lot of them just flee the fucking scene and leave a body abandoned. At least up here in Canada, there. Oh, so I, mean, I wish they'd remain on scene because a lot of cases, you know. Let me let me bridge this into doctors. I fucking hate doctors, dude. Oh no. Uh, nurse nurse practitioners by and far have been some of the, the nicest people I've dealt with in the medical medical industry. Uh, for those that don't know what a nurse practitioner is, basically they were a nurse that stopped right before becoming like a full doctor. Uh, but they have the legal authority to sign death certificates. And they have always gone above and beyond for me. And I've always appreciated what they do. Uh, we need more of them, actually. If you're thinking about becoming a doctor, just become a nurse practitioner. Maybe we need more of those. Yeah,
2: Doctors those short-ish are short-ish.
0: some of the most entitled pricks I've ever met on the planet. You think like <laughs> eight years of medical fucking school would, uh, you know, prove that some form of intelligence remains in that fucking head. And... They talk about doctors and their poor bedside manner. Dude, they don't even get there sometimes. They have to have, they have to go to the fucking hospital to have bedside manner. You know, in a lot of cases when uh, someone has just lost their wife, not always old, by the way, very young sometimes, and they're dead on the fucking floor in the arms of uh, the spouse. And I, they've called me, the police are already there. They've already said, okay, you know, we're just waiting on the doctor or the coroner to arrive. Sometimes they don't show up till fucking morning. If it was like 3 a.m., that guy's holding his wife in his fucking arms till 8 a.m. when that doctor rolls in to sign this fucking certificate. Years and years ago, they used to have to be up. They used to have to drive to this fucking place, pronounce the passing to make sure that the, the wife didn't put a fucking knife through the back of the guy's neck and legally pronounce him dead. And then everything went from there. Now they lollygag in around fucking office hours. And it I, I don't know. I'm salty about that. Because I can't do a damn thing. I can't illegally. I can't remove him from the scene until that uh, paper's been signed. And if it were up to me, I'd be there like at that fucking second.
2: Jesus, that is terrible. I, I've never met a doctor that I liked. Not not working anyway, and uh, with the exception, of my sister. I mean, I, I like her, but you know,
0: there, there are some doctor. great ones out there. But I, I hate to be the guy that says you know that. Back to the boomerisms—the one bad apple ruins the whole fucking bunch. Yeah. Oh my god, I—I I felt like throttling <laughs> some of these fucking physicians when they show up, man.
2: Eight years of academia'll do that to someone.
0: Maybe they should shorten it a fucking bit. I don't know. <laughs> I'd hate to be the guy advocating for less qualified physicians out there, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can cram the schooling down a little bit, make it a bit more uh, applicable. Because I, I got it. There's got to be some bullshit fucking classes they're taking that don't have to do with anything.
2: Oh, 100%. My, my sister tells university me industry she med school all the fucking time. And the idiots that she goes there with. And there's, there's people who don't know their head from their ass, but they know how to study. And they did enough extracurriculars to, to make it through selection process. So there's a lot of really, really fucking stupid people who actually managed to make it through medical school. Oh, yeah.
0: A lot of them are rich, too, before they fucking got their doctorate. But what are you going to do? 100%.
2: It skews that way.
0: If you're rich and you heard this, don't take straight offense to that. Um, I know (laughs) a lot of rich funeral directors. uh, Most of them are pricks, but I I have nothing against the rich. I'm not, I'm not a communist. (laughs) (laughs) Very much advocate for a free market. Um, I am anti-monopoly though. And that kind of bridges into this next segment. The funeral industry is a fucking monopoly in Canada, in the U S it, it overlaps a lot down to your specific states the laws can change from a lot to like almost none so the regulatory oversight usually gets pretty damn into some places
1: the art and war podcast brought to you by our newest sponsor otty gear whether you're at the range or in the field otty gear is a great option for staying warm this winter the highest warmth to weight ratio for synthetic material, the LV insulated jacket has been crushing it for me. And trust me, I am a b- in the cold. So I value a good jacket. I moved to the desert for a reason, but the desert nights still pretty cold. So grab myself a LV insulated jacket has been a lifesaver.
2: I love my Audi packable cubes and my uh, Audi bag. I can't break it no matter what I do. And I'm an idiot. I throw 50 pounds of sharp and like loose rounds staples, an SBR into my Audi bag, and I have not been able to break it no matter how much abuse I've put it through. I don't even think I've popped a stitch and I've been running that thing for like two years into the ground. I love that bag, and if you abuse your gear like me, you probably will too. Big thanks to Audi Gear for helping support the podcast.
1: You can find Audi Gear either at ottegear.com, that's OscarTangoTangoEchoGear.com in the link of this episode's description or via the Instagram page at OttyGear. Thanks for listening. How's it going, lads and ladies? BR and Nathan here to take a quick break to tell you about our Patreon. Not only do we want to continue improving the quality of what we can do here on Art & War, but we want to push what we do all over at Seaburn Art, from the guides to pursuing video content and keeping us warm during another winter of illness and death, and the Patreon helps us get after it.
2: But what's in it for you? Our Patreon subscribers enjoy five different tiers of exclusive perks, ranging from all the content we'd post on a pre-Zuckerberg Instagram, downloadable high-resolution guides, targets such as Redcoats, Skinwalkers, John Harvey, Kellogg, seasonal targets, and more. Behind-the-scenes info like my personal art, introducing all new exclusive mini-podcast episodes, and at our highest tier, get monthly art commissions created
1: by yours truly. You can find our Patreon via the link in this episode's description at patreon.com slash or in the CBN Art Pages bio on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the
0: show. Okay. This drink was a lot stiffer than I thought it was. So <laughs> honestly, how long have we been going now? Uh, 35 minutes. 35 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to bridge that into basically the Paul Harrell thing where I say, check your local laws. This, this, this industry is, is wacky, wacky, wacky. I, I can actually not go to the States and practice as a, as a mortician. I need to get a, another license. Would you need more schooling, or would you like? Would you like? <laughs> so, here's here's the funny thing in in Canada specifically, um, the eastern region, and it, it varies by a couple of them. Uh, they've basically condensed the four year university degree in the United States that is required for a full on uh, mortuary, what like they? Just mortician, I think they call them down there primarily. Uh, and they have different tiers that lead all the way up to the the most grand wizard of them, which is you can complete full embalmings with basically no oversight when it comes down to like below that. Yeah. You're a funeral director. Okay. You can sit with a family and you can uh, jot down what they want, but ultimately it's the guy above you. That's calling the shots in Canada. What they did was in a a lot of provinces, because it varies by province, they turned a four year university degree into a two year correspondence degree uh, with a one year of paid internship. So it's one full year of schooling afterwards. You're doing online classes on site at a funeral facility, um, basically working full time, getting all your experience. Is it less work? I don't think so. Quite honestly, they in chopping it down to that two year degree, the first year in particular is um, fucking brutal. I think I had like 12 like fucking like 12 exams. My first semester It was retarded. Jesus. Um from there, I'd I'd say some of the most qualified funeral directors in the entire world are probably in Canada. And I don't I say that with no bias because believe me, this this country is a fucking dumpster fire. But we um we have seen a little non sequitur here. When that um flight went down, what was it over Africa? I believe it was a fuck. I forgot, I can't remember the specific flight, but it was an airplane that went down. I don't think it was because of a fucking anti-air missile or something. That was another one. Um, ended up crashing and the top embalmers in the fucking world, many of them from Canada actually flew to that country to piece people back together just so they could be viewed. And a lot of them got open caskets despite being in a fucking plane crash. So I guess that kind of bridges into the next segment, which is, uh, embalming. A lot of, a lot of people don't know what it is. Like that's the kind of the normal thing apart from,
1: uh, being cremated. That's like, those are the two most popular, right?
0: Well, those are your two big choices. There's a third one that came out of the blue that I'll I'll get into after this segment because I, I just think it's funny. Um <laughs> and I it's it's stupid how they push it. And I I'm, I'm wondering okay, I I'm not gonna wonder. I know the people who are falling for it, but I'll get into that in a moment. And bombing as a whole, a lot of funeral homes say they don't even charge for it. That's how much they push it. You go sit down with them for a full funeral service, and they just say, "Well, the embalming's included." Sometimes, if you're getting cremated, they'll say, "Well, the embalming's included." Why are they doing that? No. Nothing's free, man. They're they're working the cost into the, their other fees. But embalming is the practice of draining the body of all of its natural elements. Really, it's blood. Because the when when you pass away, when you die, when you fucking fall over dead, the first thing that happens is. Um, I guess it's commonly referred to as uh, like rigor mortis. You start stiffening up. That's kind of the way the body like kind of like starts to try and preserve itself. I guess you could say, but it doesn't last long. You know, a couple hours, you're stiff as a board. From there, it starts to kind of let up, and afterwards, you start decaying. That degradation takes place in the gut. Your natural flora that you use to digest food is now going to digest you. So, all of it starts in like the your intestines, and it eats you outward. Um, If you've ever, I I think they're still on YouTube because, you know, scientific uh, purposes, there's a lot of uh, research farms that actually just take dead bodies and they just decay them in the the elements just to see what they do. And those those videos are all publicly available on YouTube there. I don't think they're even age restricted, but uh, it's interesting. It's, you know, don't eat and watch it. I can, but not everyone else can. But um, from there, you do basically just rot. All your cells and all the gas builds up and all the bacteria just eats you away. Embalming is the practice of stopping that natural decay by more or less pickling your cells. They use a lot of cancerous chemicals. A common one that comes up that people know is formaldehyde, yeah. uh, that, that cool thing in your cigarettes. From there, it goes into your veins. We, we embalm arterially, uh, provided those are still intact. They're not always still intact. If you have lost your ability to be pumped full of uh, uh, chemicals via intravenous through body pressure, because it needs to be a close, a closed circuit to actually like complete that process. Cause the chemicals are making a roundabout, they're going in one fucking vein and they're coming out an artery or the other way around. I haven't done it in a couple of years, but basically we make the incision, we put the big, uh, big old tube in you we mix up the chemicals and we start pumping out all your blood. There's many ways that funeral directors do embalming. Uh, The shittier ways usually don't get the job done, Uh, but the most thorough ways is basically we want that chemical to penetrate to your deepest organs. We want basically, it's never going to be 100% of your cells, but we want as damn near as close to that as possible. Um, We want that chemical to penetrate the cell and preserve it because if that chemical is present in those cells, you don't got to worry about them decaying. The shitty way of doing it is we don't get full penetration, and that leads to some really cool things like uh, gas buildup. You ever seen what someone looks like if they were like LARPing the Hindenburg? I've seen it. It's not cool. It just started inflating, dude. How? Wait, wait, wait. So that happens to everyone? Not everyone. It's case by case, but tissue gas is a big thing. It's a big problem because your, your skin's still all intact. If you, let's say you just died of a heart attack, everything's still intact, but your gut's now eating you when that gut eats your cells, you know, it's, it's letting out its excrement, which typically is in the form of gas. And that's, that's the process of putrefaction. So if that gas is inside you, like, like a blimp, you know, you're going to start inflating until you can't, if you've ever seen a dead animal carcass on the side of the road, that's all like, just, uh, just bloated. That's more or less gonna occur in people until they pop.
1: <laughs> Nathan's fucking face.
0: Why would someone? Why would someone not get embalming then, dude? We don't want that to happen. No. Well, there's other options, and in a lot of cases, you've you've got a little while. If someone died of something very specifically, it can lead to someone being need, needed to be disposed of sooner than later. Um, I'm a bit advocate for cremation. I think that's the way to fucking go. I think if more under more people understood what embalming was uh, legally, it would not be. Uh, legal. Cause at the end of the day, it's human taxidermy. It's an art form. Don't get me wrong. The people that are good at it are fucking good of it. And why are they, I there's artistic values to it. Cause it's everything from again, that, that very um, simple process of just replacing the the blood with chemicals. But on top of that, if there's any reconstruction involved, my God, you're a, you're a sculptor, you're an artist, you're an aesthetician. Not many dudes know how to apply a full face of makeup. I do. That's not because I, I do drag. <laughs> I don't but in regards to like hair like yeah no you gotta you gotta make a little old lady look like she was in the pictures of the retirement home and she doesn't look like that she looks like the fucking crypt keeper yeah you, there's specific chemicals we can put into someone to like fatten up the face we can put on that makeup if someone's got like they got in like a bar fight and two guys pulled out with, like their fucking K bars and just started going at it you know we can close up those incisions we could put wax over them to make it look like uh, nothing. No, no no slashes were there. Um, it, it's really endless, and it's only limited by the skill and expertise of the one doing it. There's been dudes that have taken, like, buckshot to the fucking chest and have been blown, like, across the fucking room, and they still had open caskets. You know, don't press down on there. It's uh, it's very much being supported by, like, uh, nails and glue, but <sighs> it's... um. And that gets into the other side of my bombing. The, the legal way and then the, the way that funeral directors often wing it. Um, I can't speak to this. I've never done this. So if you're a fucking lawyer, don't come after me. I've only heard of this taking place. A lot of trips to Home Depot. You know, you're going to get the PVC pipe. You're going to get the two by fours. Because if this guy needs a new skeleton, uh, by God, that's not going to appear itself. Jesus, the chicken. Got to get some into Oh, yeah. No, no kidding. Um, down to like it's bone donation. Organ donations, too. You take something out of somebody, then, you know, something's got to keep that shape and form. Probably the worst donation that I won't say the worst. It's probably helped many people. That being said, as the funeral director, bone donations are fucking a pain in the ass, dude, especially long bone donations. If they take like the fucking like the femur out of you. Oh, my fucking God. It just, it's like it, you're like soup. It It flattens the leg. You need something to go in there. What do
2: you even do? Just like shoving a, a fistful of rebar, or what?
0: Yeah, you can. PVC pipe's very popular as well, just because it it's cheap, holds shape. Yeah, stitch you up. It, typically, people aren't getting. Are you know, you're not on display? Fucking naked in the casket or anything? You got the full suit on. Usually, some people wear like juicy tracksuits and stuff in the casket. You know, family's idea. But um, that's it's endless. Back to what I was saying about them piecing people together out of a fucking airplane. If the if the arm came off you, as long as they still have it, I can still put that on you, dude. No, we, we can definitely wing it. Something um, uh, dealt with it extensively. The worst are autopsies, because that's the is doing his hack job, ripping you apart. And if, if it's a good coroner, and I've um I've never seen them do it, but I've been told they're good at it. I think they they shielded. It was like we only have to do five five or six incisions on an open body where we can grab them from like the trachea and we can pull out like the entire like fucking like organ branch, like a grapevine down to like <laughs> the intestines. They can just pull that right out of the body. And I'm like that. If if you try and tell me that that's not like skill and an art form in itself, I won't believe you. It's fucked up. You know, It again, more people realized what uh, was going on behind these fucking closed doors and just stop giving like full faith into this industry. I think uh, a lot of people would be, uh, a little less happy um but the the hack straw fucking corners no they're they're the ones like just fucking everything up because i i need that arterial system intact that's how i'm doing the embalming if they got an autopsy uh, we would have to do something called like a five-point embalming where we have to do each individual limb on its own because there's there's no complete circuit we can't inject from the neck and drain from the neck because there's a vacant cavity that you know you could take your fucking like tech decks through or something it's like a half pipe, but um, inside that vacant cavity, the, the most official way to do it is you take that bag of organs they just gave back to you and you say, okay, this has got to go back in there. You're not just going to drop the fucking bag in. The way I was taught is you open up that fucking bag of viscera, that's every little thing that was yeah. in that uh, chest cavity all the way down to the, the fucking organs, and you take some scissors and you start snipping it all up. And the way they told me, little bite-sized pieces.
1: Oh fuck!
0: So if you've never cut cut apart like a heart, a liver, which you know, fucking heart, I fucking muscle, dude, that's strong. Think of that thing; it's beating your whole fucking life. Think how strong that's got to be. Cutting that apart with that knife was tough, but you know, I it's what you had to do. And uh, this is all back when I was um, like interning, like I was still new to this shit. Well, not not that new, but learning it. And what you do is you then take a layer of the organs, you lay it in the chest cavity, and then you take a layer of the embalming powder and you shake it on top. It's like uh, fucking like shaking big. And I'm not coming up with these analogies. These are the ones told to me while I was doing it. And <laughs> you just layer it on all the way up. And then again, word that was used, I'm not coming up with this shit, uh, like a lasagna. All the way to the oh, top.
1: That's already like right. what I was picturing and I yeah. fucking
0: myself <laughs> for that. Oh. I was saying about the fucking Italians in this industry. Um, <laughs> oh. A layer of embalming powder. And all, all that really is, is it's just like taking moisture out of the actual um, organs because we don't want that stuff to decay. You don't want that putrefaction to take place. The whole purpose of this embalming is we need to keep this person. Um, and they, they are, at least I believe out of respect, still a person. And that's uh, kind of my contest to the, to the side of the industry. Because again, if a family member was present through this process, I, I swear they, they'd be trying to kill you next. Yeah. Um, <sighs> you stitch them all up from, from the bottom to the top that that rib cage is coming back together. Uh, you're doing really tight stitches and such. And afterwards, that's when you start injecting all the, um... and then, then there's the brain. If they did a full autopsy, they took the brain out. They, they zip you off the back of the head. They take the cap off like a ball cap. I a Yankee would know a Yankee with no brim kind of looks like, um, meanwhile, the brain's out and you're like, oh shit. So usually you just do the same thing with the fucking brain. It's usually in the chest cavity. And, um, you just close up the hole from there you inject it's hollow but it's it's shut and it'll last through a visitation or two you know it, that that's not one i'd want to extend just because it's so um such a, like a aggressive case i guess you could say but most embalmings, bombings you know they, they replace the blood with the chemicals they deem it good they do the visitation they go in the ground and then you know, they, decay and all that chemical goes into the fucking groundwater but what are you going to do back to this uh cremation way to go yeah. i i personally think that's the way to fucking go you don't need to be embalmed before a cremation if you have a funeral if you have actively lost someone in the audience right now i'm sorry for the detail i went into if you've already got this done or have already made this decision if you signed the contract and it hasn't taken place though then i tell your funeral director and if you have second thoughts you're, you're allowed to have second thoughts in this fucking industry you're you're the one in charge more or less. So, you know, be aggressive with these directors because ultimately they just care about um, the the commission they're making off of this. Cremation is the way to go though. You know, uh, I am an advocate of direct cremation because ultimately when someone's passed away, I am a true believer of you should remember them from the way they were when they were still able to joke, laugh with you, converse. You know, their best memory of you should be the way you're remembering them. If you have a funeral director that's pushing you to identify the body, it's not always a requirement. Depends on your state. If they're saying it's a legal requirement, I'm sorry, someone's gonna have to do it. But um, at the end of the day, if they're saying it's their policy, you can fucking take your boot, just put it up their fucking ass. That policy is the number one word they use to get around um, something that's not legally required. But you know, it's it's something we require. And the word policy comes out a lot when those expensive caskets are brought up. If you want something very inexpensive and something very modest. If your family, you know, you've, you know, always lived. Simply, and you wanted something simple to go out with, um, if they're telling if telling you it's their policy for a big casket, you can tell them to go fuck themselves. They hear it all <laughs> the time too. Don't don't think you're being rude. These uh, a lot of cases, these guys are just they don't care. They're on to the next one after you. But um, down to cremation, very basic option. You know, you get burned. It's the way to go. Afterwards, don't buy cemetery property, please. No one's going to visit it. You know, if it's immediate family. And you know you just lost your mom or dad, and you you buy that cemetery plot because it's something you felt you had to do because you know quote you know you want to have a place to visit them. Who's going to visit it after you? You know the grandkids they might once after that no no one's remembering. They're they're going to be stuck in the ground there. Something I advocate for, and again check your local laws, uh, is scattering. Once the cremation's taken place, I think it's most important to associate a place with somebody rather than a numbered gravesite. And in a lot of cases, at least up here in Canada, it's legal to scatter on public property. People will scatter in the lake. Uh, people will scatter on uh, hiking trails, mountains. It's really limitless in terms of uh, what you can do because uh, at the end of the day, if no one catches you doing it, what are they going to do? Yeah. And uh, immediately comes to mind is that big Lebowski scene, buddy. <laughs> he fucking scatters downwind. Just oh. Dust. <laughs> That's, that's happened in real life more than once, I, I guarantee
2: it. I, I believe it. O- honestly, I just want, you know, my friends to throw my body in the back of a panel. Like, no autopsy, you know, everything's still intact, still wet, still gushy. Um, yep. Just, like, d- drive by a playground in the panel van, just push the body out the back, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah? speed off.
0: There was one guy I knew. He wanted his um, body to be thrown out of a bush plane over, like, way fuck off northern Ontario. Base. And... It just because he wanted to decay up in ground. That's probably never been touched by humans ever. Oh, I, just, I, I, I figured he just wanted just to, decay wanted to in nature.
2: like a meat balloon.
0: Oh yeah. No, I kept telling him, dude, you're probably going to get like skewered on a pine tree and show up <laughs> on Google maps. But that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> But that's if you got the money and someone's willing to do it kind of limitless what you can do in this industry. I can't guarantee that bush plane thing is going to be legal. But then again, like, okay, well I'll go find them. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even the native americans went up to some of these fucking northern parts so we've got some untreaded ground up there what are they going to do recover you
1: <laughs> just get smashed into bear paste
0: oh yeah well you may you might make a, a delicious meal for a woodland animal and you want to you want to return with a v uh, that's probably the best way to go just get eaten by a fucking bear provided sustenance and then it, it goes on with its life
2: return to nature oh. just as god return intended to nature
0: oh yeah kaczynski would like that yes good Good old I, Good old at company. the end of the day, cremation is a basic option and every more or less every funeral f- uh, facility has to offer it in some way. But if you stick to your guns, you just want a very basic package. Typically, the only thing, at least in Canada, you need is they're going to need to pick you up wherever you are. Sometimes there's additional fees if they got to come out to your house because uh, sometimes they got to send two staff members because some, some some of your people's houses, man, they're wacky. I, I And also, I've seen some people die like, when, when cats are reaching the end of their lives and they feel okay. it's time that they need to die they'll often go to a very secluded place and if it's in someone's house they might go like to like a crawl space or something and then where they feel safe and then they die I swear what? the fattest what? people do that too i I have seen people die in crevices you would not believe and I'm the one that's got to get them out of there so we're talking like 300 pound dudes dying uh, let me let me let me up that by two 600 pound dudes dying in like fucking doorways. Like they had a heart attack going up like, like a flight of stairs. and It fucking hits them and they just fall over and just wedged right in the doorway.
2: Oh, Oof, man. my
0: fucking God. It took me like four hours to get that guy out of there. But
2: what, what, what do you do, do? Just like lube in a crowbar or what?
0: I, I wish, you know, I, I've <laughs> back, back to the humor, the humor stance. Uh, don't, don't sue me. I have joked that if a horse dies, the horse removal service is quartering it with a chainsaw. I, I have long joked that, you know, may, maybe we should be able to do that if your fucking like, BMI is hitting the triple digits. Because talk about workplace strain from like PTSD. What about my back, dude? Blowing out like kneecaps just trying to lift some of these fucking people. People have got so fucking fat. It's, it's honestly insane. And that, that comes up with cremation too. You can be too fat for cremation. It, oh, it happens. Fuck. You've ever seen someone that had to knock like a fucking wall down to get them out? Those people die, and I'm the one that's got to deal with it. <laughs> and there was a case, and crematoriums burned down. There has been cases where people have been burned in the crematorium ovens, and the bubbling fat just overflows out and just burns the whole fucking no. building down.
1: That oh, happened no, no, um, fuck me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no.
0: that happened not even like ten years ago in Ontario.
2: Oh, it's and humans too. Yeah,
0: and the, what they what they teach you at the crematoriums they always have like cat litter or sand, so mostly cat litter. If it starts bubbling out, they're like just fucking like throwing cat litter at it, just trying to like stop the fucking uh, the fat from like molting out. And it's insane. And the one that burned down that crematorium, I believe, was only like seven hundred pounds.
2: What that would that even smell like?
0: Oh, you ever been to I KFC mean, dude? I don't know. Like, <laughs> do right cremator- like do
1: crematoriums like do they burn hot enough to, or, or is there a fucking burning human
0: smell? Oh no, they're, they're hot as fuck. Um, Fourteen hundred degrees Fahrenheit, I believe, is um, the last quote I got in Celsius. I, I I can't remember the the conversion to Celsius. I think it's like I don't know. someone's gonna correct me. I, I'm gonna shoot out a number. I don't know, eight hundred maybe. Um, it's hot. Everything gets burned off. A common misconception with cremation as well is that you come out as ash. That's not the case. Everything oh, yeah. burns off. The, the box you're in burns off your skin, muscle, organs, everything. It just burns off. Um, in Canada, at least, when it goes up that chimney pipe, they have an afterburner in there well, as well that uh, just burns off um, a second burning uh, because legally it has to be uh, carbon uh, neutral. It needs to burn off as much as um, a CO2 and like carbon emissions as it can. But once it gets up out of that smoke t- stack, it's clear. And um, it's, a, it's a regulatory requirement based off Environment Canada. So anyone that says cremation isn't green, at least here, uh, they're lying. And that, that bridges into something else we'll bring up. In terms of what comes out after that is bone fragments. So if you, you, you can go on YouTube again, back what I was saying, I don't think these videos are even age restricted. Um, the cremation process in that from when you go in, you know, through the process takes about three hours. Um, they, they'll bash down your skeleton a bit as you burn just to kind of keep it an even burn uh, from there. When you're done, it's just bone fragments. They scoop it all out. They put you into basically a coffee grinder and that processes you down to that fine powder that the, the industry really refers to as ashes. And that, hmm. that is consecutive across the board. There There is no instance where you come out of that oven as, as ash already. When you're 700 pounds, I don't think you get to that stage. You're, you just bubble out and burn the fucking building down. And they rebuilt that crematorium. And the ironic thing is day one when they completed the rebuild, they cremated a 900-pounder and it went off without a hitch. Because it needs to be a specific fucking oven that can handle these people because they're that large. The average cremation oven, as, as you start teetering towards that 300-pound mark, that's kind of the cutoff there. You start going above that, you need to go to the big ovens, You know, the the, the fucking like zoo ovens. Where they cremate the fucking like uh, hippos and shit. I'm not even kidding.
1: Holy fuck! So is that that is that like a is that a practice actually done or, or? It's like
0: zoos. Yeah, they they, no, they cremate no, a lot. They, like, like humans brought to zoo. Oh no. no! It's the same oven. Same oven. though. They're they're fucking big. I've seen them. Oh sure, sure. Like if someone
1: was too large and a facility didn't have this, would they go to a point where they would like cut? You have
0: to go to a, a specialized body. facility. No, 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 they'll oh, never no. cut you. At okay, least okay. up here. I'll say that at least up here. Um, under okay. the, the regulated industry in Canada, which it still isn't a great thing because people get around it a lot. Um, they, It's a single cremation. Only one person is ever going into the, the cremation oven. You're swept out entirely as much as they can. There's always going to be a little crossover residue and such. Um, but the next person would go in after that, uh, from there, they're, they're never going to chop you up. They just need a bigger oven and they do have bigger ovens, but there are okay. specific crematoriums. And if you're too big, you got to go to that specific crematorium. Probably an upcharge too. Yeah, there definitely is.
1: So the, the cremation process, despite some pretty wild stuff that does happen, it's not just like a, a big burn and then you you magically fairy dust, but like it's, It's a long process.
0: It's dignified. Yes. I would say, and that's the way to go only because the infrastructure is there. At least the price point in many cases is um, much cheaper than, and uh, let me say this, Uh, Canada, specifically Ontario is the most expensive place to die in all of uh, of Canada. I want to say by extent of that, probably the world. You're paying, (laughs) um, fuck me, like some funeral homes are getting away with like 7,000 bucks for some very basic cremations up here. You can find them at lower price points. You'll find places advertising shit like way cheap. As we brought up earlier in the podcast, this industry costs money to actually like do shit. They're cutting corners somewhere. I'd say the more average out price for a cremation, at least in Ontario, here is if, if you're paying about four thousand bucks, or like look, like in that range, thirty-five to four thousand, you're, you're doing pretty good. You can guarantee that it, it's probably taking place in a dignified manner. They're not cutting corners. They're doing their full fucking job. Ultimately, above that just talk to them, talk to your funeral director. If you're not, if, if you've called the place and you immediately get an answering service, speed run a funeral director, dude. You want to be talking to the guy that's actually going to be administering all this because you don't want to talk to someone with just the fucking like sheet they got to read off of or anything like that. Cause if you're comfortable with them, build a relationship with them, dude. They talk to them. They'll, they'll, they'll more than happily give you the time if um, mm-hmm. they're good at what they do. If they're rushing you, if they're trying to make you make a quick decision or something like that, You can say no you can go somewhere else there's no shortage of fucking places in this industry that are willing to help you
2: how much would it cost because you you are the only funeral director i know and and keep in in uh constant contact with how much would i have to pay you to essentially mock my body up to uh be used in a weekend at bernie's type shenanigan
0: how much you got (laughs) uh
1: (laughs) Hey, it's who you know. funny,
0: funny question that I'll bridge into a reference. Yeah. There was an old show I used to love watching when I was younger. It was uh, called My Name is Earl. I don't know if anyone oh, else has I ever love, watched oh, that. Oh, I love There was a whole episode surrounded um, specifically about morticians and funeral homes. And it was yeah. the specific funeral director that you paid him and he'd do a diorama with your body. <laughs> and if you were a war veteran, there was one guy in like a fucking Jeep, like firing a mortar. Um, it's just oh fuck funny as hell. If you never watched that show underrated. watch it again. Wonderful. We that, need that, that last is... season. Um, I've turns out that's real. If you really? look up funeral home, like body diorama on Google, one of the most popular ones I saw was this dead guy in a fucking like blue kayak in the middle of the funeral home. <laughs> like little stages. Some places will do what? it. Some guys got buried in cars. Um, These one guy was real. a gamer surrounded by one guy. They okay, posed him well, in his chair with um fuck what was it his favorite beer and his favorite pack of cigarettes um some of them in south america one of them was uh he loved the green lantern and so they put him in a green lantern fucking costume and then they posed him in the corner of the fucking visitation and be More just walking by <laughs> And this, this shit's funny to me because it if if there was more incentive or rather if, if people wanted this in america Clear, clearly some do because they've done it uh, more. It become more common. And this is kind of the wacky side of this industry that I like to see. Because if fuck me, if you're paying all that money, don't get the cookie cutter. Do something insane. <laughs> do something you're going to be remembered for.
2: That That's incredible. Like I, I'm looking through these right now. Like I'm, I, I'm at a loss for words. Oh, yeah. No. Funny
0: stuff, yeah. But you know that I—you guarantee every single fucking person that saw that's going to remember that the rest of their lives.
2: Yeah, maybe just like a hydraulic piston that'll have me sit up very violently upright.
0: Oh yeah, and like the casket just jump up.
2: Yeah, yeah. I still can't get the weekend at Bernie's, like becoming a flesh puppet and being used to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You want to go to shot show like that? Yes. Shot show, (laughs) fucking twenty ninety when all they all they have are like fucking. Bolt action ARs or something. I don't know. But-
2: <laughs> Flintlock muzzle loaders in the yeah. radiated remains of uh, of New Vegas.
1: Yeah. Fuck me. Br, right. you're, you're my puppeteer. You think I'm going to outlive you? That's very nice of you.
0: to work on his voice. I, see, uh, <laughs> I want to see ventriloquism too. I want you to set up commissions that are never going to get paid for.
1: Yeah.
2: Br, you should do your best. Uh, I don't know Canadian impression.
1: I'd just be saying a boot and like I oh no no actually I've got I've got hundreds of hours of you talking so I would just like ah. you'd be a full blown AI by like then. Like soundboard. Dude, dude. I've actually oh, yeah, AI shit I, dude.
2: I went on that AI cloning site, but uh, yeah, you have to pay for it, and I so I didn't. Um,
1: I just put like a little voice, a little microphone. I just stuff it down your throat or, or pay pay Stiffy here to do yeah. it. And <laughs> I uh, really, obviously, just, just like the industrial <laughs> revolution and its consequences.
0: I don't think it was a giant, giant action figure for meet and greets and monetize it. Did somebody bring up the industrial revolution? Man, do I have a bridge to that. So earlier what I was saying about who I blame in this industry for the current cookie cutter funerals and, and what it acts as. I started yes, with yes, the yes, Italians. For that. Let's go back a, a, like a hundred years. Let's go back to the American civil war. A lot of people hear the word embalming and they think Egypt. They think Brendan Fraser in the Mummy. They they think of, you know, pulling the brain out with a hook and putting it in jars. Yeah, that's cool, I guess. But modern embalming is rooted in the American Civil War. Very affluent people and very affluent families were dying in combat and their body needed to be transported for many, many miles across the United States to different states for their, their funeral. The way that they started doing it, and this is the more historical sense. A lot of ice in a carriage. They put your body oh, on a shit ton of ice in a carriage. They'd start fucking trotting and they'd hope they get there before you just rot. <sighs> and then come, I forget his name. They, they taught us this in fucking school. I, it's been a while. Uh, John E. Baum it fucking started uh, concocting the uh, the idea that, hey, we can use this um, chemical compounds that I, I believe he didn't patent it. I, I think it was a guy prior that patented it. He started injecting these bodies and hey, they don't decay as fast. These very rich families are now uh, getting their loved one in a, in a state that's probably already horrific, you know, it's it's fucking cannons, dude. Shit. Um, But you know, they're in a lot of better state of decay than the dudes on ice. And that kind of, that's where that started this industry where like the, the undertaker, not, not necessarily of um, the old West you think of where, you know, people were on average, very poor. And that's the biggest problem I have with, um, quote, the traditional funeral. Because when you tell people, you know, I want a traditional funeral, they're going to fucking prop you up in the casket for three days of visitation cemetery like I got in before. Again, historically, people were very poor. They went with very simple options. They put you in like a wood box. They put you in the ground. They had their ceremony among close family. And then that was it. Not to say they moved on with their lives. They kept your memory alive. But, you know, it it was very different back then. And then he got, like I said, John embalming coming around, revolutionizing the industry. And then from there, uh, into the night twentieth uh, century, there that's where like the established funeral homes really took place. And that's when they, you know, the the money was to be made per se. Because fuck me, you can't take it with you. And they realized that, and they said, well, he may as well give it to me.
2: Fuck, I, I assume his name is where the the, the word embalming came from.
0: Uh. If- you you can look him up it's i I forget his fucking name i'm too lazy to google it right now i'm uh i'm here to tell you how to not to get scammed and (laughs) probably someone i trust more is someone who already claimed to be retarded and knows the ins and outs of an industry that's someone coming up with like a big piece of paper that says like i i am certified funeral um corporate esquire and I'm gonna tell you what you need. I've I've long more been an advocate of telling people what they don't need. The industry strikes me as very like car salesman <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the same fucking lines used. Really? Like, let me let me let me bridge it back for a moment for the so the sales room. You know, you you're you're in front of me, you just lost your father. You never you never seen me before. My my, my name tag says uh, uh, Richard. Now listen, like you you've walked in here requesting a very basic option. You wanted very basic cremation, and that, that's understandable. That's what you want. Now, let me ask you this, and I don't mean to pry. Were you estranged from your family? Because, and oh, I'm sorry to offend, but like that that's just what I get from this. Because it seems to me that you're not giving them what they truly deserve for a lifetime of raising you, <laughs> of providing for you, and this is your last chance for a send off and. My God, you're, you're going with like, look, look at this. This is the bottom of our price list. It's not even at the top. Like many people who have told me they love their family have come in and purchased this package here. And it, it's more or less on the same lines, the vein of that. The, the things I've heard out of, out of fucking some of these commission directors is insane. And when they get recorded and they get put online, they get fucking blasted. They get blasted by the fucking industry and regulators. Sometimes they get fired. You really want to fuck with a funeral home and a funeral director, put on a hidden fucking camera and go in for a mock. <laughs> this isn't illegal, but I'm also going to tell you it's not illegal. So, I, again, I don't get fucking get sued when you do this. If you walk into a fucking funeral home and say someone's died, they have no way of vetting that until they pick the body up. Go sit down with them. Say you just lost your mother, your father. See what they put you through. This could be a good weekend waster, man. They, this is their job. They're going to sit down with you. They're going to go through fucking everything you know, act a little sad, play with them, but start seeing the insane shit they start telling you. And then near the end of it, just say, well, we're going to think about it and then see what they do then to keep you in the door. But obviously no one's passed away, so don't, uh, <laughs> don't stay too long. They're uh, going to look cool looking, but um, just try it out. It's not illegal. It's the same as going in and saying you want to prearrange, but if you say someone's died, that's when they really get pushy. And it, hey, it might be a good uh, scouting procedure for future family that want to use that establishment they're not going to remember you in two, three, ten years when you actually need them. And if, if they're making real asses of themselves, you can put it on the internet. They, yeah. they might see you, but if they're – fuck me. That, I'll talk about viral videos. Some director being a real fucking car salesman you prick would probably get a couple million views. Um, Happened in Canada. The, the regulator actually went in and um, – what was it? In Canada, the, the, about the only good thing that CBC has ever done is um, they have a segment called CBC Marketplace and they did funeral exposés. They did it in three parts because they kept going back because everything they brought to the regulator was still happening. And those are some funny fucking clips. So again, go on YouTube. I don't think it's age-restricted. Um, check it out. It's worth a laugh. Get an idea of uh, who's gonna be sitting in front of you when you, when you need them. Because by God, they, they need those credit card numbers and those three digits on the back. Oh, man. So you <laughs> the- I oh, yeah, fun stuff.
2: <laughs> earlier before I, I took my washroom break you mentioned a monopoly i'm curious to get into that line of thinking
0: oh yeah let me go back to my a little uh, bit about it. my write and rain right here that i scribbled all these schizophrenic yeah. notes on uh industry oh yeah i heard that word before it's a fucking monopoly and this is the same really this is one of the main binding things across canada and the u.s in regards to the funeral industry because we are pretty much hand in hand in this our industry is based off the U.S. industry, like I said uh, prior to about that Civil War aspect. You go over to Europe, it's very different. They've adopted cremation almost uh, in a lot of cases entirely because there's no fucking space left. You want cemetery property there? Uh, it's probably your private fucking land of your family cemetery going back to like the fucking like 1500s or some shit. Because the public cemeteries are very expensive. And uh, I think about all the people that have died over the past, uh, I don't know, 2000 years. I think how much space that takes up, dude. But going back to uh, the Monopoly, no. There's two major players in Canada. The big one is Arbor Memorial. They operate and they buy up little small-town funeral homes over the past, I don't know, 50 years. And they have completely taken over. Legally, at least in Canada here, if you see a funeral establishment, if you're just driving by it and you see the sign out front that says, like, uh, John Dickweed Funeral Esquire. On the bottom, legally, on their most prominent sign, they have to state who they're owned by and that's where they'd say right on the front, a by Arbor Memorial. That means they're full corpo. That means the directors on the inside, good possibility. They've been flown in from across the country to boost their sales. Something you got to keep in mind. The other one's Dignity Memorial. They actually operate <laughs> in the States and they're known as SCI. That's Service Corporation International. You look up SCI lawsuit on Google, you're going to see some wacky shit. You're going to see a big prominent one was uh, in Florida. They got caught crushing down caskets and reselling the plots. That's yeah, just that's, a small that, little taste yeah. of the shit they've been doing. There's no the end to it, and a lot of them settle at a court.
1: So just just to clarify, what do you mean by crushing down caskets?
0: So this – back to what I was saying about land, we ain't getting any more land and the people buried in it are uh, – the, the question comes up, how long do I own that? In some mm. European countries, the answer is, well, you lease it for a set period of time. Afterwards, that land becomes available for purchase again. And they, they have a very, uh, quote, dignified way of dealing with that. They usually dig up whatever's left because, you know, after 90 years, everything's dust. In Florida, they're like, fuck, no, we can't wait that long, dude. No one's been visiting this grave for a while. All right, get the backhoe. They dig it up. They crush the casket down flat with the fucking digger. And they say, hey, the spot isn't used. By the way, they've doubled in price. You buy good sale. Oof,
1: unsurprising, but oof.
2: I think every, uh, all of the, and I, I noticed this a little while ago. Someone I, I used to know um, worked at a funeral home, and she mentioned every single, no, no matter how you know mom and pop it seemed, every single funeral home around here was owned by Dignity. And when I started actually looking at them, I, I noticed that the the little logo, the little. You know, part of Dignity Memorial sign, you know, in really small letters off somewhere to the side or at the bottom right of a sign or something like that. But it, it's something that people don't really think about. It's kind of crazy. They, they don't.
0: And when you when you actually hear that, it's like a brain bug. It's yeah. like handing you the fucking glasses from They Live. You put them on and all of a sudden you start seeing all the corporate funeral homes. And you know, the one you thought was in your town you grew up with that, you know, you knew the directors used them many times. Fuck me! After I say this, you might look down and you see, oh shit, they're actually big corporate. I don't, yeah. They're not all bad. They do good work. Don't don't take it as me disparaging all of them. You know, they, this is a I don't want to say a tight community because um, uh, many businesses will slit the throat of their fellow director. Then that give them then extend a fucking branch in many aspects. I at least have tried to keep a good working relationship with many places around me. Um, but a big issue as well is um, they talk shit. And back to what I was saying about making a fun weekend trip to your local funeral home to go grill them about funeral arrangements, ask them about their competitors. You're going to hear some fucking crazy shit. They're going to tell you that they're going to get the wrong body. They're going to tell you that they're going to fuck up and get the wrong cremated remains to you. And only we can guarantee we're going to get the right ones. Those fuck ups across the street. You know, we're we're Dick Brown funeral homes, Brown Dick over there. He's not going to do that, right? All kinds is of that- shit. Get them going. Get them going. By all means. Like start joking with them too. You get the guard down of that funeral director as well. He, he might start letting some sit uh shit rip too. So would you say
1: ash mix-ups are common or is that
0: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna back that up to body mix-ups because oh, when they happen, at least in Canada, it's international news. I won't say international, national news for sure. Uh, there was a recent one, I think about four years ago in uh, I think it was the East Coast, I can't remember which which Scotia it was. But um, if the dude that was going to be cremated ended up in a casket in the visitation room, the dude that was supposed to be in that casket in the visitation room wound up in the oven. Uh, the oh. family walks into the fucking visitation no. and says, Hey, um, that's not my dad. And the funeral director, you know, perks his spine up and says, well, you know, they look very different when they've been put on display like that. Oh, no. And they go like, Hey, Dickweed, that's not my fucking dad. And he goes, uh, hold on one second. He goes back and says, um, So there seems to have been a mix-up. So lucky for them, that dude was getting cremated anyway, and they caught that mix-up before the wrong remains were like provided across the board. Does it happen? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. There's so many layers um, to this industry in that crematoriums, at least in Canada, have to be owned privately. Funeral homes will, in at least America, have an oven on site that they might operate and own themselves. At least in Canada, there's oversight in that. It's a completely separate business that cannot be owned by a funeral establishment. I say that, sure. but I'm actually lying because I think it was about a decade ago they changed that law where funeral homes can now buy in on, on fucking crematoriums. And it, they were doing it before, but it became legal after that. So that's what I was talking about the regulator earlier because they, they can regulate the fucking sun all the way to the fucking... I don't know where I was going with that analogy. They, they can regulate fucking the dirt all the way to the fucking stars, dude. Whether or not they follow it and they have the ability to actually monitor it and make sure it's taking place that's fucking anyone's guess really just comes down to whistleblowers you know there's it happens people coming out who feel real bad about the practices at a funeral home over the last couple years they come out and fucking say they go to the cops they say listen like um all that jewelry that's been going in the oven there supposedly no they they sell it all those clothes that you gave for your, your, your mother's fucking like wedding dress you wanted to be cremated in? No, nah, they, they shredded that. They sold it. All, all that hair they had before they got cremated? Now nah, they shaved it and fucking donated it. Like,
2: there, there's something kind of it. ghoulish about that. I, I'm sure it happens. I'm kind yeah. of. To-
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I'm going to bridge this by saying I'm not a communist, but um, capitalism without... <sighs> direction i guess that that's that's a dangerous fucking thing Yeah, mega corporations and everything like that i'm all for free industry and making my own fucking money and doing with it, it you know I, I like to say as potentially little oversight as possible to keep it my fucking way but ultimately there, there i just don't want the be,
2: government doing it
0: i just don't want the government doing it yeah. private sector doing it though they ain't much better because they, they don't they're not about to tattle on themselves
2: world is a fuck nothing will be good
0: Oh, yeah. Like I said, I'm fucking stupid. Don't ask me to solve these issues because I I don't know how to fuck to solve these issues. It's complicated. Someone smarter than me will figure it out, but they they won't. They'll just make it worse.
1: So are there no kind of like third party non-government kind of not not auditing, but uh, I guess credation, credential giving kind of organizations in this industry?
0: How do you mean? Like, so, so,
1: like, like, like no, no, not quite a regulator, but like a quality assurance, like a third party that might go around and like, say these people are doing uh, it right. in Canada,
0: that's the, uh, well, they used to be called the, the, every province has their own board of funeral services. Ontario used to have the funeral board of Ontario, and then they changed over. They have a new name. I think it's called the Bereavement Authority now. Um, Dumb name, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> but they... Their main job, at least over the past three years, was to make life as difficult as possible for everybody because they nice. decided that, hey, um, out of every industry that you're still allowed to go to in person over the, the COVID years, if you're listening to this in 2040 and I'm dead, um, they decided, hey, funerals are the most at-risk environment. So, yeah, your loved one, yeah, you, you can't have a funeral. You can't do that. Uh, you can have four people that visit the body and after that, it's it's it go. You have one hour, and if you go over that hour, um, like there's 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 going to be some wild shit happening. We're just going to send the cops. We're, we're going to break it up. We're just going to declare it a fucking riot at that point. And the way, the way we're getting around that, and the industry was tattling on itself over the COVID years as well. Because if you know, talk about loopholes. If four people were allowed to view the body at the funeral home, might have been sixty in the parking lot just waiting to go in. It swap out. So the funeral homes started tattling on other funeral homes. The bereavement sector got in. Uh, the bereavement authority started saying, no, oh, you can't do that. We're going to start uh, fining any funeral home that allows that. So they, They've they've made the last couple of years really fucking weird. It's starting to get a bit better now. They've removed all regulations in terms of uh, <laughs> requirements. Not to get you guys flagged for uh, disinformation or anything. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you can only say that word three times in a show and then we're fucked. All yeah. right, just to set it out. Just, just, just dub over it with some random word. I don't know. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, they, they do inspections. So they will actually physically go to funeral facilities. Uh, that's pretty much stable across the provinces as well, uh, where they'll check the books, make sure that the funeral homes aren't skimping money off people. Cause a big one happens as well. And let me bring this up. I have prepaid for my funeral. I, I, it was the $12,000. I, I spared no expense. You did, <laughs> um, at least according to the funeral director. Um, I've prepaid for it. Okay. I've died 13 years later. God bless. I had everything set up ahead of time. My family has nothing to worry about. Okay. My family goes to the funeral home. Oh, where are they? What the fuck? No, oh, it's a KFC now, dude. What the dude, where'd it go? Yeah. That that was a fucking problem. Funeral homes are taking off with all the fucking money when they shut down. So they started regulating uh, where that money had to sit. In a lot of cases, it needs to be held in third party trust. Uh, funeral homes are still allowed to invest the money Within their own accounts, provided it's uh, full oversight on that, and that's where the inspectors come in to basically look over the books, make sure every dollar is fucking accounted for. Um, but a lot of cases when they shut down now, they're either bought by another company that honors every contract, or you, you get a refund, but you don't get your funeral. That, that is sucks. A, the on plans or anything,
1: or is it just cash?
0: Uh, no, you you get a, a lot of cases a full fucking refund up here. If they're gone and can't be accounted for, um, there is actually a fund set up through the government to reimburse people that were truly fucked over where the money just cannot be accounted for, usually is accounted for. Uh, problem is, fuck, you prearranged 13 years ago. That place is out of business. Well, you got to go make your arrangements again. By the way, the industry's gone up uh, $3,000 on average. Good luck.
2: Jesus. This
0: is yeah, all very applicable my, to Canada, uh... but it's uh, it, it crosses borders, like I said. Yeah.
2: Just shove me full of Tannerite and drop me off at a police station.
0: <laughs> you <a laughs> Some people don't report the deaths.
2: <laughs> just, just, like, tape a stapler to my hand and see how long it takes a cop to shoot me.
0: There's been some cases where someone dies at home and they just never call anybody. They just live with the body. Oh, oh. Yeah.
2: that that is dark. That's very dark.
0: They didn't know what to do. I, yeah, oh,
2: I, I imagine you just, like, fill a couple bowls full of baking soda to to absorb the smell, and you just kind of, I don't know. Oh, yeah,
0: like car fucking air fresheners everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets bad. It gets bad fucking quick. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever left some, like, meat out on the counter for, like, a week, but I haven't.
1: <laughs> in your, uh, your, your time in the industry, have you seen that, like, a fair few times where someone's
0: just, like, kind of not knowing what to do for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, no. It's, like, shock... Shock hits people in different ways, and this all comes down to like the grieving process. There is, you know, they you know, back to the—I want to say it's a boomer fucking term—but like the stages of grief, and those those are very clear cut ways of how you're going to go through grieving. um People have contested it over the years. I, I still think it's pretty accurate in the most part. Man, some people when when it hits them, they just they shut down and they just go on as if nothing's happened. And I've, I've personally dealt with cases where, you know, someone might take like a fucking like three, four days just to report the body. And those definitely aren't the worst cases I've seen in terms of finding people, but you know, they, they come up and you, you just sit there and you wonder why there's, there's no real answer. Yeah. You're looking into the the depth of insanity. Like there's no, there's no real answer to it. Yeah. Just in denial. Especially the way some people kill themselves, man. I, I am amazed by like the, the what, what was it those called? Like the Rube Goldberg machines that some people can trap just to fucking kill themselves. And in some cases, not. the The worst one I ever fucking dealt with was um this poor old woman, dude. She just decided, hey, I'm done. She goes out to her back shed and just lights it on fire. Just burned herself to death. I don't know, to this day, I still think about that. I'm like, that's got to be like probably the worst fucking way to go.
2: That's awful.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, um, some people just die in fucking bathtubs. They're taking a bath, and have a heart attack. I see
2: but. what you mean though, about the, uh, oh. uh, like you guys don't have support to deal with this kind of thing.
0: I Oh no, we, we have the opposite. We have, like I said, we have a, that regulator that as soon as they find out we're not doing so hot, they come in and say, well, I don't think you can be a funeral anymore, dude. You gotta, you gotta get, don't even get a severance package.
2: <laughs> Fuck.
0: And there, there's a lot of people getting out and in some cases they, they're having a hard time replacing them because yeah. back to the schooling aspect, there's no shortage of people that say they want to be a funeral director and they might, might even get beyond the stage of saying that and actually signing up for the school. They, a lot of them flunk out be it they don't meet the academic requirements because as stupid as I've said I am over this podcast um I made it and it was not fucking easy but a lot of math a lot of um chemistry a lot of shit you just have to remember in terms of legislation I felt like I was becoming a fucking lawyer reading through all that uh, legislation but nonetheless that's where a lot of people flunk out because they just have misconceptions of this industry and what they do and they watch too much fucking e-girl a morticians on YouTube.
2: <laughs> you mentioned that that uh, basically your your first class um, the the average person who tries to become a mortician is generally like a, a it bull. is
0: disproportionate to women. A lot of women become funeral directors or at least try oh to. God, you, you got if, to influence our audience to try like getting into this you, industry now. If you are not like a, a total mouth breathing Spurg and you've got a couple, I don't know, you got like a, a government that's won't just throw you free money to get like a quick student loan that they'll, they'll pay off anyway. I don't know. Um, go to the fucking funeral director school. <laughs> so many chicks there, dude, in your class. And they're forced to interact with you because you know, they, they got group assignments and shit. If you are, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to disparage, I don't want to, dis- a, a, a portion of the population, but if you are at all like attractive, like they, they will fucking come up to you, dude. It, it is weird. When I was doing it, fuck like I had chick, I, I had chicks like walking up to give me their number. And they, they, they weren't even like battle axes either. Dude, like, these, some of these were actually pretty decent looking and uh, not a natural fucking hair color among them. So if that's your thing.
2: <laughs> um,
0: Sign up or, or don't just show up.
2: I'm of the like, mind that uh, that the unnatural hair colors are kind of like you know how poison frogs are bright colors to dissuade predators, and uh,
0: that means they're tastier. Uh,
2: yeah, ah,
0: yeah, they got, that, <laughs> they got that twang, they got that spice, dude.
1: <laughs> so I mean, we we have bucket bunnies for electricians. Are they are they uh-huh. host chasers for morticians?
2: Yeah. What, what would the the uh, mortician word for gun bunny be?
0: <sighs> hmm.
2: Corpse Brides.
0: Corpse Brides. That works. Directed like by Tim one. Burton. Yeah. They all watch that movie too. They usually got the tattoos. Oh. <laughs> I'm serious, <laughs> dude. Right. Like...
2: Jack Skellington.
0: Oh, man. No, they, they've all seen those fucking movies. Like, E-Girls with a capital E, dude. Like, again, if that's your fucking thing, just keep dropping out. Just keep doing first year. Because all the chicks that are hot, they drop out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just keep going back for that first fucking year. And... um like I said, or or just say you did. Just show up. Walk into the fu- – find out where the classroom is. Just go in and show up. And until they kick you out and figure out who you are, just fucking pretend you're going through it. I don't know. We've already got dad advice in.
2: <laughs> this is already the dad advice. You want to get laid out. This is the
0: daddy more- issue fucking segment, dude. Hey.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. The third option. So you've, <laughs> you've sat down. You've put all your papers on the table. You said, embalming doesn't sound like it's for me. It's an unnatural process. And personally, I like my blood. I'm going to keep that. You go over to the second option. Cremation sounds kind of hot. I'm actually scared of fire. I don't want to do that. Some fucking funeral homes write that. Um, The third option, and this is kind of a, I want to say, I'm going to say it's a newer option, but it's not. And I'm going to get into that because I'm going to talk about the history of it. Uh, Alkaline hydrolysis. This is a new thing that they're pushing hard. And they're saying that it's the eco-friendly version of cremation. The process of alkaline hydrolysis is they put you in a pressure fucking chamber. They put in a oh, bit of a no. uh, chemical there and they emulsify you. They, they think of the cremation process where all of that is burning off and being reduced to nothing. Alkaline is still all there. You're just turning to mush. So they're, they're liquefying you. And I, uh, I've compared them to like uh, necromorphs from dead space, <laughs> kind of like all the fucking like skin and everything just fucking peeling off. And depending on their municipal laws, they're flushing you down the fucking toilet. Oh fuck. some of them depending on your municipality, they either require you have an on-site holding tank where all that gets drained to. Same goes for embalming with all that blood. Some places don't, and they just let you put it right into the fucking sewer. So all that blood what? and oh, <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. What? People want to talk about estrogen in the water. Talk about Horing all the fucking AIDS blood, Human these. Slurry. Just yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, Ooh, they push this it. as the You're green right the option. Helmet. And it's so funny. If you start Googling uh, alkaline hydrolysis. You'll start seeing the the places that really show for it. Start looking at the words they use on it. It's gentler than cremation. It's greener than cremation. The process is once they drain out all that sludge, all that's left is like some pretty cool skeleton. You're just looking there. It's like, all oh, there hasn't been burned or like reduced or anything like that. The bones are still present. They say, oh, cool, so they, oh they rip that God. out and they put it through that same process after the cremation and they like turn it into that powder. And that's what they would refer to probably still again as the ash. Uh,
2: everything about this is, is just like science fiction body horror. I'm reading about oh, it right yeah, now, no. just the flowery fucking words like it's the alkaline fucking, like, the hydrolysis, thing, a green farewell. It's a green alternative to cremation. What? Oh, yeah.
1: Dude, like, what I... Happening? i I can skin and clean a deer but like listen to this shit i'm just horrified i've been horrified for like a fucking hour this
2: entire time has just been like body horror like you know nobody nobody talks about this shit
0: no and it's it's important to know i as let let me bridge it by the big reason i wanted to go through with this um the reason I, i hit you up nathan is because I am uh, sure many of your viewers are aware of Sam Hyde and his uh, comedy group Million Dollar Extreme.
2: Million Dollar Extreme.
0: Recently, they've been doing some um, uh, streams where oh, with the, one of the main guys there, Nick, reviews houses. Yeah. And I, I think they're the funniest thing in the fucking world. They're, they're just sit,
2: hilarious, dude. He I sits said...
0: down, he just rips apart these fucking houses and calls like all oh, the realtors pushing this like retards, and he just oh, it's the funniest shit. Yeah. I thought fuck. I hate all these egro morticians on YouTube talking about the industry. We really just need some guy who's absolutely fucking retarded, i.e., me, uh, to come in and just blow the fucking gasket on this industry and just talking like plain uh, fucking English about what all this shit is and why you don't need it.
2: Uh, I I don't know what you're talking about. I really I think we need alkaline hydrolysis. I would like to be turned into <laughs> slurry and poured down a drain. Like
0: a necromorph, dude. Jesus. <laughs> You guys haven't played the new Dead Space. I actually like it. I think it's pretty
2: cool. Not not yet. I, I was a huge Dead Space fan. Like read the books, played the. Yeah.
0: Oh, you watched the that anime?
2: Uh, yeah, actually. It,
0: did, it was- did you? I I found out recently that was done by the King of the Hill studio, and I cannot really? see it now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know what to make about that. I, I, like
0: a boom hour in space, dude. That's what it is. <laughs> the crossover. No, Dead, Dead the Space is in, like
2: core memory kind of. Uh, I've <laughs> heard the the remakes really good. I just I can't bring myself to to. Spend I, on an electronic. Yeah,
0: I was waiting for it to get cracked. Honestly, they, they fucking it's got De Novo and they cracked that Harry Potter game at 13 days and that at Denovo. So if huh. they had more, um, I guess, like anti-trans seg, uh, sediment, I'm sure Dead Space would have been cracked in that exact same amount of time. But <laughs> I guess I got to wait like three fucking years now for someone to crack it.
2: Yeah, you just got to get a PA, uh, JK Rowling to stream it. Just say oh, something yeah. nice about it.
0: I want to see her... Write a uh, sequel to the thing. That's what I want to see her do. that would be interesting.
2: <laughs> that is uh, funny enough. Uh, random bit of Nathan trivia. My favorite movie.
0: Oh, mine too. Hell yeah.
2: Oh, awesome. Well, I think I think you you have a good job. Then I, I. Yeah, my fucking
0: my life's not as horrific as I make it seem. It generally, day in day uh, my I it's very boring. Um, it's very. I like this job because it's. The same thing I do for people, but it's different people. So I can apply my skills that I've honed across this um, very set thing I do, but there's, the circumstances are different every time I wake up and I'm dealing with new people. So it keeps it interesting. That, that's the main reason I've stuck with this that long. And uh, I, I said early on, this is a very thankless job. That usually is the case. But if you, there's that old Futurama quote about if you if you do something well, uh, no one will ever know you've done anything at all yes and that's kind of the mantra of the funeral director people only notice when you're fucking something up if you're doing everything well it goes off without a hitch no one thinks to thank it because that's just the way it should have been yeah genuinely i do receive a lot of praise and thanks uh for directly from families i
2: i that's good
0: tend to try to do the right thing for them you'll get the average sometimes you get a real fucking prick but you i don't know you, you you treat them the same as you would treat someone who's being very nice to you and you just get through it yeah it's customer service 101 are people more often like easy to deal with than awful? Back to what I was saying about you're dealing with people on the worst day of their lives. Yeah, got to keep that in mind. If they're being mean, if they're just like real aggressive and shit, you got to keep in mind that that's that's not a you. Sometimes it is for no fucking reason. And then I've yeah. I've had to throw people out of my fucking office before for starting fights and shit. And usually it's between like family family members that show up because no one wants to agree over fucking anything. Let me tell you something about um, the law on the side of this industry. It's very cut and dry. Who's in fucking charge? Um, Let me preface that. Depends on your state and your your local laws. But by and far in Ontario, at least Canada as a whole, um, primarily who would be in charge would be someone nominated by a will. If you have a will, you have an estate, and you have someone that is an executor of your estate. I don't recommend going to fucking the bookstore and buying one of those at-home wheel kits because, yeah, cool, you wrote it out and everything. Unless you go get it certified by like a lawyer, it's probably going to get argued out of court. I have like a a line, like a a fucking graph that I, I like to use, a wavelength per se, where at the far left of legal wishes is someone that wrote out their fucking wishes on a bar napkin and said, like, do this. He's in charge. You get all my shit. And then they they sign it at the bottom. That will get laughed out of court. V- very much less um, fucking thrown out. We get to the middle. That's where it gets a little more um, contesty. That's um, legal at home will kits. They sell them. They do them. If you do them, please get them certified by like a lawyer and keep that lawyer's information on hand. The far right. And this one's rock solid. Go get a legal will done. Go spend the five hundred fucking bucks. Go clearly outline who's in fucking charge. It it will not get thrown out of court if someone contests it. And that's the major issue. If you don't have a will, this is where shit gets interesting. This is like the roller coaster of um, figuring out who's in charge because <laughs> fuck me. If I fuck up on this, I I could get sued. And that's the big one. If they are legally married, the spouse is in charge. If they're not legally married, if they're divorced, um, it would come up to children after that. If there's no children, it would be parents. If the parents are predeceased, it would come down to brothers and sisters. If brothers and sisters are nowhere to be found, then it starts going all the way to like aunts, uncles, nephews, nieces the very bottom of the totem pole is daddy government. And he comes in and seizes all your assets. Typically oh. they find someone before that, but it, it comes up and you could argue they don't really have an incentive to find people uh, that far down that. the line. Cause you know, they want that money. Um, yeah. the, the eldest child thing is a fucking myth that will not stand up in court. If you have three siblings and you're the youngest and someone's passed away with no will, say your father or your mother, and they're the last one and all you are in charge. Um, you have as much say as your oldest brother.
2: in that regard.
0: That and again, check your local laws, but at least in standing law up here, uh, that eldest child thing is has long not been precedent. Like, it's yeah. don't feel like you've been stripped of your say in a time like that. It, under those circumstances, if you're the, a distant cousin trying to dictate someone's funeral, you're gonna rightfully get told to go fuck yourself. But unless you got a, a, a fancy will that says you're in charge, because you know that happens. You know sometimes families, they don't agree, get along and they'll appoint someone, you know, distant in the family to handle everything. And that's usually where arguments also start, but you just got to remember you're not, a lot of the hatred isn't at you specifically. You know, I'm, I'm placed in a position where often my hands are tied and the legal decisions I have to make aren't always um, the right one to do. And that, that's probably one of the hardest parts of my job is having to do something because I'm legally required, um, that isn't right. At least to what I believe. Uh, example I'll give if, this it this gets funny, specifically under um, the law of where I'm from. If you're married and you are separated, separated is not considered a legal um, stance or definition. If you're separated, you're married but not living together. You're still married. Under the court of law, if you die, your separated spouse is still completely in charge unless you have a will naming someone else. If you have gone and become common law with someone else, if you've had a, a girlfriend that's been living for a number of years, and again, check your local laws, however long that is, uh, at least where I am, that actually takes precedent over illegal marriage. So the common law spouse, if they choose to declare at a time of passing, they might have not been filing common law. But if they decide, hey, I'm going to go to the city and I'm going to declare common law on this, that overrules the actual uh, married spouse, no matter if they've been divorced for, you know, not divorced, but uh, separated for a number of years that creates like issues
2: in fights
0: over that, that creates fights. You wouldn't believe <laughs> that, cre- that creates, uh, more customers, uh, who have just been murdered. Like it's, it's insane. <laughs> what people In your do. office, they don't have to go far. Oh yeah. Like I, I've broken up fights from people like just like family members and it just comes out and like, they've told me like they, they've never acted like this before. And you got to think like, where's it come from? And, you know, it's sad to say in a lot of cases, it's money, but yeah. they feel they were in of. And sometimes they go their whole life thinking, you know, they're going to get the Camaro in the fucking garage. They think they're going to get the, uh, the, the rare prototype cry, 612 shotgun in his gun case. They think they're going to get, I, I don't know, fucking the, the golden jewelry. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they either donate that shit very specifically in their will, or they provide it to someone else and they fucking freak. Yeah. And they take it out on me. <laughs> Like I'm the guy that had any say over that, but I—that sucks. It's prevalent, but by and large, I—I I thankfully am shielded by most of it. Most of my clientele are are, are fantastic, yeah. and they're very thankful for what I do. You start getting over to some shittier areas, you get the real fucking pricks.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, hey guys, I got a joke. <laughs> What's a Mortician's favorite workout? Deadlifts.
0: God damn it. Is it impolite to say it before you do? That right. <laughs> 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 one pretty quick. Oh, man. I don't know. That's definitely not all of it, but that's that's a mega bite size of my take on this industry.
2: Yeah. Well, still, like it, I, I think it's a subject that most people really don't think about. It, it's something that like we, all of us will have to deal with death at some point if we haven't yes. already.
0: Yes. And if if you're not dealing with it specifically, it's because someone else is dealing with it on your behalf. Cause you just fucking died.
2: Yeah.
0: You go through it at least once, twice <laughs> if you have two parents, more if you have siblings, like there's always going to be someone either predeceasing you or else you're the one that fucking died. Yeah. And all I hope is that someone goes into this, knowing a little bit more, then they thought they knew because I I'm amazed by the amount of people that fold about something they thought they knew taken into something. And then someone that they, that has perceived authority in a situation like say a licensed funeral director says, Oh, that's not the case. And they go, okay, I'll just do what you say. Then fight them, push them on it. If he can't, if he can't put it in simple words, what he's doing, then maybe it's not something that's required. Yeah. little food for thought.
2: I had to look up that Cry 612 shotgun you were talking about. Fuck, I hate. Yeah, this I only thing.
0: brought that up because the other day the uh, the domain on their website expired. What? Yeah.
2: Cry Precision's also, website ex- did. I, no, the, I the specifically someone... for
0: the 612 shotgun. It was a. Uh, I, I want. I. It was a meme. I said I was going to get one in a long ass barrel length to ski shoot with, piss off all the boomers in my ski range. Um, <laughs> rip and piss. I don't think it's coming out, always.
2: No, I don't think so. I kind of hate too. how it's designed. Like trigger right near the barrel. Everything about it ergonomically looks terrible, but I'm sure there's, yeah, but there is a, a reason for all of it.
0: Yeah, I think they designed it as a breaching shotgun, actually. It's like a master That would key, actually make uh, a lot of sense. They did. Yeah, I don't I know. There's a lot of a a shit cry design that never ended up coming out. Rip a uh, uh, fucking advanced warfighter. <laughs>
2: yeah, it looks Man. like very much like a, uh, a relic of the OICW kind of era.
1: It's yeah. It's kind what? of base looking. I would, I'd take one
0: like the the one with the wood on it, dude. They were they were they were showing it to like duck hunters and like sports shooters. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay this is, one is one be really gonna be really
2: funny. Go. Yeah, I kind of want to get a little one and master key it under a big one.
0: God damn, dude! <laughs> I thought I was saying fucked up shit on this show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tape it to my arm and again throw my body outside the police station to see what happens. Um. Anyways, yeah, th- I think this was actually a really, really interesting fucking episode. It's a little outside our usual wheelhouse, but I enjoyed it quite a bit.
0: I, I'm always happy to come back. If you want to get specific, if, if the audience has questions and you want to yeah. format them, you want to, I don't want to say vet them, but like get the, get the ones they can Google themselves out of the way.
1: Yeah. Uh-oh.
2: We'll pass them on. I'm
0: happy to that. sit here and do answer those as long as I could do this forever. I, I could do this fucking four hours a night for all I care. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do have a few oddball
1: questions to, to chuck your away before we, uh, end here, if you don't mind. Sure. But, um, I, I, keep on seeing it come up. All the, all the hippie crystal types are always saying like, I want to get buried and planted with a tree. Has that ever been requested
0: of you? Yes. And it's something I can't actually offer. Um huh. The the whole tree burial thing is actually um, I I don't know if the lawsuit has gone through yet if it's been come to um, an end but there was a woman suing um, the provincial government here because they did not allow it she wanted the what they're called burial pods they bury you in the fetal position uh, over a like I, I want to say like a tree sapling and it actually sprouts out and uses your body's nutrients to like fuel that tree and then it grows up I, personally I think it's fucking cool. Yeah. That's hmm. um, <laughs> however, the province deemed that um, toxic. I guess you could say, which is uh, what? weird, given that uh, so many people are getting fucking buried. Uh, little, little mini mini Ohio train derailments just buried in these caskets under underground there. Fuck. Every I, one I was, one
2: was one. going to say like. You, you let the body decompose on its own you know we're we're, we're meat we're just made of meat yeah, instead of yeah. you know pumping us full of chemicals and just-
0: they started soiling green and people
2: yeah Yeah.
1: So, so so it's toxic when a rabbit or a deer or whatever else dies in the forest
0: what uh, I'm, I'm sure they could twist any definition to, to meet that sure but um yeah. other places but no they, they allow do. it no they'll bury you in that burial pot I, I think it's cool personally yeah I Br- <laughs> a tree out of you because why not
2: yeah if a, well, if a human tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound?
0: <sighs> it screamed, dude.
2: <laughs> but yeah, no, That that's... Like, we can't bury you in a way that actually helps the environment, so instead we're going to have you uh, put into a metal vat, melt it into a nutrient slurry, and then you're just going to get flushed down the fucking toilet. That's that's I mean, if they if the
0: they started eating it, that's really just an extension of uh, the fucking hydrolysis project. Like uh, <laughs> what I was saying about it being an old thing, I just remembered this. Um, it originated in the 1800s because it was a part of a farming procedure. They were taking their livestock and they were emulsifying them for um, fertilizer. So,
2: and eh. uh, now now <laughs> it is a a proper way to send off your loved one.
0: Okay, Re- <laughs> repatented it for uh, humans in the, I think it was the late 20s something like that i don't know industrial revolution
2: it. its consequences have been disastrous for the human race oh,
1: yeah. many such cases Times. yeah um oh the other one i was meaning to ask was how many years of school
0: was uh mortician training uh for for me in particular it was only 2 oh, okay I, I think i mentioned that earlier um, oh yeah my bad it's a full year of in class, like in school at a college uh, in Canada, specifically the province I'm in. It's an associate degree, so it's only two years. The second year is full internship. You work at a funeral establishment while doing online school. You still have more classes after that. Uh, you're just fulfilling all your requirements. By the end of it, you light a write a uh, provincial exam uh, to become a licensed funeral director. A lot of people flunk it. So if you've met someone in this industry that's a complete fucking dumbass know that, hey, check their credentials because if they made it through it, like, holy shit. There's no shortage of greedy bastards, but like legitimate fucking dumbasses. I don't know. I think some of them just stop at it because there's many, at least in the States, there's many tiers. Like I said, at the very top you they're a mortician going down all the way to the bottom. It's some like weird fucking like, you can, you can like watch them do it and sign a paper and that's it. I don't know. Jesus. Vet credentials. Know who you're talking to. You I at mean, least want to know that the guy you're talking to is uh, probably getting paid a lot to talk to you. Yeah, It's usually a good indicator.
2: Ignore the entire process. Push your loved ones out of a plane into a forest.
0: <laughs> All I'll say is if the death is registered and you have said that, it's a, if you have a registered private burial plot on your property for a casket, you're going to have to know an undertaker, but whether or not that hole's empty by the time the documentation has been completed, filed and signed, that's between you and him. So I'm not advocating you do something, uh, the federal government doesn't like, but people do it.
2: Based (laughs) disregard laws.
0: One more thing I'll say. Uh, People who wish to donate their body to science. They take them. They sometimes it's an application process and they deny probably like 95% of people. So if you've always said, I'm donating my body to science, I don't need to set up funeral arrangements. You're more than likely going to get fucking denied. And then your family's going to have to go make those arrangements.
2: I figured the DOD would just shoot missiles at you.
0: That's funny too. I actually know that ended up happening. So those people wanted that body donated to science and they denied them. So they said, shit, you got to make funeral arrangements. That's expensive. Let's find like some two bit other place that'll accept it. Quote, donated to science. Well, that place ended up subcontracting and that body's changed hands all the way to the fucking DOD.
2: And that's eventually <laughs>
0: when um, they started using like bomb testing on it.
2: Jesus so, Christ!
0: they left out a bit of truth there. It wasn't, um, they went some back avenues, but it was a uh, almost entirely the private sector that led to that.
1: We live in hell. Well, w- just wait a second. Uh, you probably would have heard about this, but did you hear about the uh, the body chop shop in Phoenix, Arizona, with like coolers full of dicks and like body parts stacked on top of each what other? Do you, what do and- you think?
0: I've heard of coolers full of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've it, I've heard of similar things happening um mm-hmm. rings like that just collecting organs and everything it it happens it'll continue to happen i've not heard of that one specifically damn like it's oh fuck a lot of organs are no good after you die anyway that's another misconception about organ donation about all they can take after you've been dead for a little while a couple hours is usually the retinas they'll take they'll take the lenses out of your eyes they're not taking your heart your liver or anything like that they have to line that up ahead of time if they catch wind that you're in a coma in a hospital they're going to start approaching your family. If you've signed up for organ donation, and they're going to start saying, listen, this is now the time you got to think about pulling the plug because we want that heart. We want that liver. We're already lining up daughters. <laughs> Ultimately, the family has to say yes and pull that plug on that person in a coma. Um, but then, you know, what common comes up is uh, they say, well, people, they, they wake up from comas, don't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. They won't tell you that, though.
1: Oh, fuck me. that's that's one of those things i'm like there's such a push that you're being selfish if you're not an organ donor but i'm like but i'm not you guys are gonna gonna try oh fuck well that's telling
0: i I, I checked it all off no it's i don't need them harassing my family if i'm in a coma i've long told my family i pull the fucking plug you know if i'm waking up from a coma no way in hell am i gonna be um of the same mental capacity. I was going in, I'll probably be stroked out or something like that. Like that. There's, there's no quality of life. I don't want to live. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And all I'll, I'll, bridge that with is, um, I, I very recently found out that insurance policies on life insurance, suicide does not bar you from payouts on a lot of, <laughs> I always thought that was just across the board. Like if you killed yourself, you got no payout mindful on told me, dude, if you kill yourself like we're paying your estate two million dollars oh
1: fuck i'm like holy shit it's like yeah Dude, you gotta, that's, that's, like, that's not the message i want to be sharing <laughs> um, I'm I'm do,
0: I'm do it before i'm 65 because when i turn 65 i gotta <laughs> renegotiate it and they lower it down to a shit ton so i'm like oh shit like i i have an expiration date cool you, you gotta make a decision <laughs> by the time i'm 65 two mils gonna be worth like fucking like three bucks american so i don't know oh
2: <laughs> dude in 10 years it's gonna be <laughs>
1: why my republic
2: yeah
0: oh fuck Bank a little, little interesting thing
1: <laughs> just, just for your information do with that what you will yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah <laughs> please, please uh, don't a, do it a lot of them Pretty got cool. a
0: clause where it's like oh you gotta wait two years and i'm like okay well no, not everyone can wait that long so yeah. anyway um <clears throat> What I'll bridge this with is um, if anyone in the audience has questions for me directly, I'm not going to put down like my, my Instagram handle or anything like that. In fact, yeah, I don't you, have one. Don't look for me. You're like- um, <laughs> the, the second thing I'm going to bridge that with is I, I have an email here. Let me get it. Uh, are you ready? Uh, we'll probably get you to tag this in the the info on it, too. Oh, it's yeah. uh, legally not a funeral director at protonmail.com. It's a <laughs> throwaway I threw together. I can't guarantee that I'll reply to everybody, but I I will read all of them. So if you have a question, if you just lost somebody, you want some guidance, my information won't be applicable to every single place uh, you're from, Uh, shoot shoot me an email. Uh, The worst you'll get is no response, but I will read it. Yeah.
2: But yeah, any any dad advice for our listeners here? That's not how to get laid by, you know, uh, a purple-haired e-girl that watched too much Tim Burton growing up?
0: Dad advice... Um... strive to oh, let, me, let me say this and I'm not trying to be a prick when I say this I, I am almost entirely sober like I, I'm not saying that as someone that used to drink a lot I just I've never picked up the habit um, drinking isn't as cool as a lot of people will frame it to be even when it comes down to a lot of drugs because I, I do a lot of drugs let's, let's also say that um, <laughs> Uh, alcoholism is a, is a legitimate thing. And I've, I've seen it be the downfall of a lot of fucking people. You know, it, if you need to drink to legitimately like get through the day, wake up, you know, even if you joke about it, you know, joke, joking is how, you, how you're coping with it. It's an extension of like admitting the truth. Um, I'm not telling you to go to triple, uh, sorry, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous because, uh, those, those guys just replace, um, one habit with another, but, um, just I don't know, stop drinking for a bit. If you need a drink to get through every day, swap to swap to two days, swap to three days. Just try try not doing it for a week. And I I say that as a, a funeral director that smokes. So what the fuck do I know? <laughs> you, uh nicotine or, or weird Oh fucking nicotine, dude. Huh, okay. Yeah, not not every Canadian is a fucking like. Hey, I, Lunt, blunt pack I, in. Uh, <laughs> I just presume degree, you older, dude. But, <laughs> um, well, what I'll bridge it with as well is I, I, I won't say I do a lot of them, but I, I do I do quite a few psychedelics.
1: I was gonna ask about that because you seem like pretty pretty grounded, not to go all hippy dippy and shit. But I'm sure that kind
0: mm-hmm. of has that helped uh, you process.
1: The, if I if job? I didn't,
0: I think I would have gone nuts by now. And hmm. this this is something I picked up early as high school really you know just fucking around but mushrooms lsd uh at least at least in canada and this kind of the cool thing um research chemicals so lsd adjacent chemicals like for one for example 1p lsd which is legally under our laws you know not not lsd because it's a different chemical um can be bought through fucking like the, the, the clear net websites that you just pay them directly and they ship it through our federal post service. <laughs> wow. And the thing about one P LSD is it's a lot fucking cleaner than like street fucking LSD. You're going to find, I'll, I'll never touch any sh- anything that comes from fucking somebody's hand off the street. Yeah. Especially but, these um, days. Microdosing of it. And, and you know, now that finally uh, things are, I won't say improving a bit, but uh, as study goes into this shit. Yeah. We're starting to get the solid information on it. Hey, it turns out weed isn't as safe as they used to say it was. You know, I smoke weed every day, everything's good. Well, now all the studies coming out since uh, uh, legalization went through. And hey, maybe it's not like the the carefree, harmless thing that uh, everyone said it was. On to LSD and all those other um, psychedelics, you know, moderate microdosing of it has shown to improve people's moods and such. And I'm not an advocate for becoming dependent on substance. I try to be um, as sober and straight edge as I can in in that regard. But, you know, I'll probably do three fucking three or four massive fucking trips a year in regards to (laughs) that. And I'll, I'll trip fucking balls and I'll I'll play dead space on acid or something. I don't know. (laughs) That
2: sounds horrifying.
0: Um, yeah, it is. I'll leave it at that. But, um, it's, I don't know. Like if it's not your thing, I'll never push someone to do stuff like that. It's, um, it's something you got to come to yourself I, I, really fucking hate when people who just like slam LSD, like every couple fucking weeks going like, you got to try this, man. You got to do it, dude. It's going to change your whole fucking life, your perspective on everything, bro. Like, uh, I, the potential for getting fucked up on that shit too is, is there. And you, I don't want to say you got to know what you're hundred percent getting into because it's, it's a, it's a strange process, but you got to do it at your own pace. So my dad advice at the end of the day is do drugs. Um, don't drink as much as people tell you you should, I guess. And if you want to fuck hot e girl morticians, um, go to the first semester of any funeral school. You'll probably see them.
2: Don't do it. The hair is a warning. Stay away.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a warning. Also, um, I don't know. Did, did, did they still sell those condoms that change color when they get an STD?
2: <laughs> what?
0: That's a thing? That's a thing, yeah. I don't know if you can do, probably buy them somewhere.
2: At that point, it's uh, it's too late.
0: Maybe. That changes color. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> thick, thick dust. <laughs> I get the old oil change. But uh, I know the, the way bikers used to do it, they used to carry like little copper pennies with them. And they they slip it in on hookers. And if the fucking like started corroding on them, they'd be like, yeah, I'm not going in there.
1: She's going to sneak a penny
2: in. Jesus I, Christ. Sizzles a like penny. Ohio coffee. <laughs> oh Well... And then they're topical right <laughs> now. Oh
0: uh, yeah. And fuck, like I don't know. I don't always listen to this. Some of you, some of you in this fucking audience know who I am. I know, I know you fucking do. And uh, all I'll say is, uh, I don't know. Invite me to Halo, dude. I want to play fucking SWAT, bro. I see you playing, dude. Don't you, you? can't go offline on Steam on me, dude. You know who I'm talking to. Let's play some Halo Reach. Face very based well,
1: well thank you so much for coming on man yeah thank you it, it was wonderful
0: no it's is it good Got and it. you know what if we do this again in the future I'll try to keep it interesting but all in all for fuck me just start thinking for yourselves guys
2: yeah
0: have some balls stand up for yourself even if they're wrong it's okay to it's okay to it's okay to oh, sorry even if they're right it's okay to admit that uh you were wrong but I don't know practice being an arrogant bastard sometimes it'll it'll be applicable for the the odd chance you're 100% right in your position
2: Okay bye
1: <laughs> There we <you> go <laughs>